You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Live, live from the Toad Hop Network studios in Hollywood. This, this is the ToadHopNetwork.com, the best in the world. Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching. It's the Craig Shoemaker Show with Craig Shoemaker, Sarah Sweet, and Joel Geist. Adam Carolla, C. Thomas Howell, Kevin Crona is with us from Mario Speedwagon, Ed Begley Jr., Alonzo Bowden, Grant Shaw, Tom Amanda, Ryan Phelps, Jill Whelan, Chris Harrison's here today, <laughs> Tom Bergeron, Dr. Drew, and Rondell Sheridan. Hi, it's Craig Shoemaker Show. Who's this? Yeah, I'm Jack. We are men. We are men. We fart. We fart again. We pee, we poop, we burp, and... You're laughing it off with the Craig Shoemaker Show. Don't forget to visit our website, craigshoemakershow.com. I'm <laughs> take my emotional temperature right now. My emotional temperature, I'm at, I was at a cool 71 degrees when I walked in here. But now I'm, I'm getting a little cooked up. Was it the Philly cheesesteak? Yeah. I think if I was part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was part of it. You just downed an entire Philly cheesesteak that was a foot long. I did down it, too. Yeah. I had to get it done by the time we, uh, yeah, they have a truck outside. I couldn't believe it. It's almost like they're they're there for me. Yeah. The first person I thought of. A Are taste you trying of to get them Philly to promote our show? I didn't mention that I have a show. I didn't tell them that. Aww. I just, at first I went Philly with them. I go, hey, where are you from? Yeah, that's, that's what we do. And then, by the way, they're not authentic. No. They're not? No, the cheesesteak is. They did a nice job. You having a little trouble with the... Yeah, set. only... You can say my, it on the air. Only half <laughs> we have my no secrets uh, headphones here. work. Fix only, it, Only half, half the headphones? Yeah. Okay. Can you hear that? Joel just yeah. put them on as if you were not telling the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 He's troubleshooting. So do you think it's the headphones? Uh, do you think yeah, that might be. might be the actual headphones. I'm so clever. I feel so naked now right that now. I'm Now <laughs> that I'm Mr. Um, Mr. Handyman, <laughs> you should have me fix it, Sarah. Are you? What? How, oh, since the owl in your garden? <laughs> yeah, I bought an you owl. Go back to the Do It Center? No. That's a callback from last week. That's a callback from last week, yes. Go to our archives. And we uh, we talked about, uh, I didn't I mention that I put in a doorknob, an entire doorknob. How's the with toilet? Lock, with How's lock. the toilet flusher? I figured out the toilet. Get the heck out of here. I really did. I found out that I bought a, 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 a righty when I should have bought a lefty. Oh. That was the issue. But I kept saying to myself, I had a mantra going from Ileana, it's like a puzzle. So I kept going, it's a puzzle. <laughs> so I made the puzzle. And you know when you do a puzzle and there's like a couple that don't really fit, but you make them fit? Oh, no. That's yeah. what I did with the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So I have it like kind of like loose. So you can definitely flush it on the left side. I was not going to go back and get a, get a right, uh, get the lefty. I just went with the righty, and it flushes. Right but I had to tidy. give I had to give lessons to the family. I had to pull them all in there. Come on, kids, come here. This is a pull-up version, and uh, <laughs> that's how you have to flush this toilet. All right. Mm -hmm. So they listen to me, and uh, things are good. Things good. are good. Uh, all of my garden is growing. Oh. And I uh, planted a garden. It's growing. It's doing well. The Grass owls is are growing. Keeping it away. The owls are keeping the Working. rats away. No, I got a rat trap too, and we got one last night. Uh oh. Uh, here's the problem. Your your wife. What do you think the problem is? Your wife. No, that's not like it. Killing. That's, mm, that's one of them. The dog. Nope, not not oh. not a problem. Now the problem is every guy in that house besides my wife is a wuss. Oh, <laughs> so. so nobody wants to empty the trap. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's so working. Perfect. I have pictures of Justin last night uh, putting the the rat in the bag. Now I know there there it is right oh, there. Oh, so it caught there, it. Yeah, there's radio worth watching right there. It no. caught a rat. 
Oh, yeah, we got one last night. And Justin was freaking. He goes, Dad, look at the size of the tail. Ew. This is just giant. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> he said, look at the size of the tail. I can't do this. I can't I go, What happened to you? He's out there with his BB gun. I say, well, you're all brave when it comes to shooting. But you have to, you have to do something with the kill. Now, I'm going to admit something on the air that I did not admit to him. He's exactly me. Oh. I am totally like this. When I would catch a fish, I ain't cleaning this thing. <laughs> when I caught a fish when I was a kid. Yeah. My sister was better with the fish than I was. So she impressed my father. I'll never forget it. There was, by the way, you're off microphone, uh, Ileana. I don't know if that's intentional. Oh, no, you guys are sharing? sharing? Yeah. Oh, you're like Sonny and Cher. That's there you right. go. Sharing the microphone over here. Okay. <laughs> Stefan and Ileana are sharing. Joel's still working on the problem. But we're flawless here. We don't. We don't even don't know care. that yeah. there's technical Ooh. difficulties. Are you all right? You have yeah, both heads. it's working, both, both and now it's so loud. <laughs> oh, it is. They're okay. perfect. Better. Come. Hi, Sarah. Welcome. So uh, back to me. Here's my. I would go. You know, it was all about impressing my father. You know, who wasn't around, right? So mm -hmm. I was a guy, and I wanted a dad, and he would pop around every few years, and once in a while, he would like do a few months. Wow. Yeah. Would he stay with your mom? No. No, yeah. he would pop in and take me somewhere to go work. Yeah. That was how we hung. Yeah. I like starting at like five years old. You're, I'm going to train you how to be an estimator. An estimator? <laughs> of what? <laughs> what? What were you estimating? Uh, you see, estimation is how, that's how you make the big money being an estimator. <laughs> so you pay attention to me, all right? Now you go up to this house and you give him a flyer. Uh-huh. And you say, would you like an estimate? Of what? Uh, well, let me tell you. <laughs> that changes, you see. It depends on what you're selling. In this case, we're converting. Do you know what a cesspool is, you little shit? <laughs> that's what he called me, a little shit. Oh, that's what my mom, that's what my grandma called my mom. Yeah, you little shit. Little shit. And then, ironically, uh, that is shit, is a cesspool. So he converted cesspools to sewers. Yeah. So if you had a cesspool, you didn't want the cesspool anymore because you want to upgrade and update. So I would go with my stack of flyers. He would drop me off in a neighborhood. And I wouldn't, this was my visit with my father. And I would, I mean, this is, we're supposed to be at Dorney Park, you know, on, on bumper cars and roller on roller coasters. Mm -hmm. But no, he put me to work. No money. He paid me in a... Uh, I love cashews. He, I still do. And uh, he, he paid you in cashews. paid me in a bag of cashews each time. And I would, be, I would wait there on a corner for literally hours. Mm -hmm. Hours just sitting on a corner because I was done. And I'd sit there and there's no cell phones back then. I'd sit there with my stack of flyers. And so then you he would, weren't and, done. And he would pull up. <laughs> You weren't done if you had a stack of flyers. Sarah, I covered my territory. <laughs> now you're like him. Hey, there's more flyers, you idiot. Look at this. Sarah agrees. He always brought women in to agree. Don't you agree? You'd be perfect for him. You should be in his harem. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, oh God. Hey, Sarah, am I right? That's what he would always do if I brought a girlfriend up and visit him. Mm -hmm. He'd like pin her and go, am I right? Is he an idiot? <laughs> He's doing this comedy. Am I right? There's no sustainability in comedy, but there is in cesspools and sewers <laughs> and mule riding. Mm -hmm. I'm 30 years in the same business. He's moved on from the mules now. He did last a long time with the mules. 
So, yes, sir, I covered my neighborhood that I was supposed to. I didn't want to go wander off into another neighborhood. I could have been killed. But if you did, he, he might he might have said, I love you. Oh, my God. <laughs> so now we have to retro this and go back in time and get my father to love me because I didn't cover all the flyers. I think that's I why to, he didn't. I should have thrown him in the sewer. <laughs> <laughs> I should have thrown him in the existing sewer in a cesspool. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Or clogged the cesspool. Then they would have to get a new sewer. I should have thought of that, but yeah. I didn't. I would just walk up and go, I had a little high voice. I'm six, seven, eight years old. Hi, I'm from Tri-City Contracting. I was wondering if you want an estimate. <laughs> that was my speech. From Tri-City Contracting, I was wondering if you want an estimate. I didn't even know what a contractor was. <laughs> Your contractor. He was something different all the time. He sold fuller brushes. I sell fuller brushes. And each one, he would always say, it's the number one industry in the world. When he, when, he, when, he, when he got in the mule business, he got in the mule business. He's uh, taking people on mule rides in the Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania. Uh -huh. Take, not on donkeys. No, these aren't little burrows. <laughs> these are big mules. They're bred with draft horses and Belgians and Clydesdales. You see, these are sturdy animals. Bulldozers with brains. This is his speech, by the way. I'm channeling <laughs> Bulldozers him right now. with brains. I actually saw him on television one time. I was doing a tour of the Poconos, me and uh, two other comedians. And we were in our hotel. We turned on the TV, and there he was. <laughs> and here he is in a cowboy hat. He's from Philadelphia. He's from the city. But all of a sudden, he's got this big belt buckle like he's a UFC champion. And he's got the big cowboy hat. And he goes, I challenge anybody. Take the AJ challenge. Bring your horse up here. And these bulldozers with brains that discovered America, George Washington rode a horse, he rode a mule. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I even say to him when I see him, I go, what, who do you think you are? People are going, wait a minute, there's the AJ challenge. <laughs> like you're famous. You're not famous. <laughs> you can't make a challenge if no one knows who you are. Take the AJ challenge, bring your horse up here. And do what with it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. See who, gives a a better, see who gives a better ride, I think. Uh -huh. Because I must say that mules were more balanced. Every time you would look from behind, the back print went right into the footprint of the first print. They have complete balance. Were whereas they horse, fast? Whereas, yeah, they're pretty. Yeah, you can gallop and canter the whole deal. Huh. Now I'm defending my father, <laughs> defending the business of which I know a lot about. I used to go up every weekend, and I was involved in all of his businesses. Mm -hmm. And now I can't get my kids to, 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 to pick up dog crap in the backyard. I said, come on. And I even did the speech. They don't have to work hard enough for your love. <laughs> I know they get it all the time. Yeah. I'm going to start pulling it back. Yeah, I think so. I'm, yeah. I'm going to reel that back the love thing. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. <laughs> it's too much. too much. We are doing it all the time. It's getting ridiculous. I'm ready for an I hate you. <laughs> oh, Should I throw in an sure. I hate you, huh? You mean from your kids? Yeah, we do a lot of I love yous. Every one of them, too, even the teen, even Justin. Yeah. yeah. They're doing loves every time. The, the three-year-old can't stop. I think your kids awesome. will be the example of what happens when you love your kids too much. Nothing. <laughs> they accomplish nothing. <laughs> That's what <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to work they for anything. That's what I was thinking. To I, I keep thinking that. How are they ever going to? What if you get rejected from a job? Yeah, we're going to fire you. Oh, wait a minute. Do I get a trophy, a participation trophy? Or do I... Do I get a, a, a bonus? What do I what do I get for just being here? Because don't you love me? <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know how they're going to turn out, but they definitely do get a 
You know, I, I I got one. I don't know if I ever told you that. My dad did tell me he loved me once. Once? Yeah, one time. After? I remember it. When? What happened? <laughs> Near death? When were Sarah, you? Sarah, by the way, I have to just take one moment to okay. compliment you on what a great co-host you are. <laughs> <laughs> can I just say that? You can laugh all you want. I am being serious. I, I, I'm being serious. I'm looking you in the eye. I turned away from everyone else to give you this. Yeah. You did. Thank I, you. That's exact. I, you are an amazing co-host. You are doing what uh, a fabulous co-host does. Ask questions. Yes, you're, you're, you're bringing out this story. I don't have this written down, but Sarah is creating this. Okay, you just jinxed it. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Knocking on wood. Knocking on some wood. You're creating this moment, <laughs> which could turn into darkness. It, and it'd be all my fault. Yeah. It was. <laughs> I just want to preface it by saying it could turn into darkness, because it's not the greatest story in the world. It's not funny. The one time my father said he loved me. If you get tears, that'd be worth it, I think. Well, I don't think so. I've done that before. I never get a good response on that. Right. <laughs> so the one time it's a you ratings said I grabber. love you. Guy, people hate when a guy cries. I don't think so. As long so. as it's, it depends on how often, I think. Oh, yeah. really? You yeah. don't want to be a like. I cried a this pussy. morning. Yeah, then you're a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what makes you I'm a great totally co-host. <laughs> you can be anywhere, you little schizo co-host. You can be all love and questioning, and then you can just take me down to Chinatown. Just like that. That's how nuts you are. Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what makes a good creative artist right there. We never know where you're going. You're nuts. Are you avoiding the I love you story? Yeah, I was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Again. Again. This genius. Is, you're She's a genius. A Genius. You're a genius. Just like a therapist, you brought it back because you saw that I didn't want to go to a, the I love you's and the tears. And I was trying not to. And I tried, I went somewhere else. But Sarah, centered as she is, no, this you're is avoiding. So yeah. So how old were you? So this morning. No, I want to know about your cried. dad and then we could go to that. So how old were you? 21 years old. I remember oh. vividly. And what happened? Vividly. Uh-huh. My dad was up doing the mules. Let me take you back yeah. to this time. Yeah. All right, I already took you back to. I'm sitting there doing estimates, doing estimates. I'm estimator. So all through the years, I tried to bond with him. I I went down and visited him for one summer. That was when he was, he was uh, trying to convert. He took these boats, those things from Normandy. You know those things, the right. pontoons with the doors that open. Mm -hmm. uh, landing crafts, they're called. He got a deal on them. He goes, eh. You repair the bullet holes. I get them for a buck a piece. He got these World War II landing crafts. He goes, I got a deal. We'll convert them into shark boats. <laughs> okay? Your sister will run the bait shop. So he had these dreams of a little bit of bonding with his, his, dad, you know, his son taking over the family business, which changed every 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. It was bras at one time. That was a classic. That you could have gotten into, I think. I would have loved I think you could have been an overachiever in that business. I don't want to do, do a bad pun, but that one went bust very fast. <laughs> so bras, fuller brushes, vitamins before they were popular. He did that one. Converting cesspools to sewers. Shark excursions on landing crafts where he bought a beach and had me repair bullet holes to make that. So I spent the summer with him that time. That was the first time I really spent some time with him. Mm -hmm. Almost burned his boat down, but that's another story. But anyway, and then now we're at mule time. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really trying to work on getting him to say I love you or have some sort of bonding. He would always check my hands to see if they were man hands. Like he would shake my hand. Hey, come here, son. Shake my hand. Let me see how your mother taught you to shake hands. <laughs> and I... And I go, 
I'm show my vice grip. I show him. I'm, I'm like, I've got, a, I've got a grip like, like the Hulk. Watch this. There you go, Dad. Good to see you. <laughs> I wasn't giving him what I really wanted. Was a, can I have a hug? But no. I went in with a grip like a guy does. How you doing, Dad? Yeah. And I gripped on, and I, and I would take sandpaper. <laughs> And I would sandpaper my hands until they were almost bloody, till they were calloused. Jesus. So that the next time the callous would build up, and he would go, let me see. Let me see the hands. Oh, some good man hands you got there. <laughs> you must be working. You know, working on, at that point, I was masturbating and <laughs> taking my mother's emery board to my palms. <laughs> What's an emery board? What? Nail file. I love that the two guys know that. <laughs> I love it's that the a nail file. I love it's that the um... two guys. You don't know, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah. You just you just being a good co-host. You're trying to be Butch or something. No, you're, I really oh, you're, you're asking a question. Eliana didn't. I either. didn't know either. What? Oh, really? Wow. You just call it I a knew. nail file. You didn't or did? I didn't know. Did know. Yeah, three, three guys men knew. Two women didn't know what an emery board was. Wow. You two need to get a little more feminine. I'm not changing the topic. <laughs> How you don't know what an emery board is? It's the thing that's a, it's like a popsicle stick that has sandpaper on it, and there are different I know grades. What a nail file it's is. a nail file. Yeah, but no, no technically, because a nail file is a metal one. Mm. An emery board is the sandpaper the one. Thank you, Joel. And he like, didn't even go to Google on that one. Either one. Was Both a of nail us file went to our sensitivity nail. Google. Is that what that is? Is that, it's a sensitivity Google? We have that in us. Mm -hmm. Me, Joel, and Stefan, are, we have a lot of feminine in us, and we would like you two to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Sure. Pick up the femininity. I'm trying, Craig. I'm taking Emery board to my palms now. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified for that all is... the other non-feminine women out there that didn't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh was fake. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> okay, so he'd show up. And I'd say, Dad, Dad, check out these man hands. I I hadn't hit puberty yet, so I tried to deepen my voice, which is a soprano. I sang soprano in choir. Didn't tell him that. Uh -huh. Dad, come check me out wrestling. I'm wrestling this year. Wrestling this year. <laughs> I went off wrestling, mm -hmm. hoping he would show up, and also that Jane Mebbin would pay attention to me because she was the cheerleader for the wrestling team. Coach used to ask me, uh, how many uh, lamps are on the ceiling, Shoemaker? How many are, bu bu are burned out? You know you're why he asked me that? You're always being I was pinned. on my back getting pinned. Thank you very much, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. But I was very good at something called the cradle. And the cradle is, or the bridge, rather. The bridge. The bridge is when you take your head, and instead of them pinning you, you have a strong head and neck, and you just you arch your back. You're not getting my shoulder blades down. <laughs> and I was so good at it, but I would see Jane upside down going, Get up, Craig, get up! <laughs> and I remember being upside down going, I wish. I really would like to, Jane, but I'm going down. <laughs> By the way, tell the janitor there's three lights out. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it was. So I wanted to be a man, but I wasn't quite a man. I didn't have the guidance. But the feminine side of me said, I just want him to say I love you. Just give me one I love you. Can you do it? And he has a harem of women, as you, as I've talked about before. He's got like a mother-daughter. They all work on the ranch with him now in the new mule business. Was he poking both of them? He, pokes, he had poked 12 at once. <laughs> It's the way he rolls. I don't know if you can do 12 that at once. That is amazing by the way, By the way, I wasn't uh, using the term poking. I was <laughs> using the term harem, and they do whatever they do. Maybe they wash his feet sometimes, Sarah. It's not all about poking. 
Mostly, so anyway, mostly about Pokemon. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, I should introduce you to him. I would love it if Sarah ended up in the harem. Your dad's a great guy, Craig. <laughs> you misunderstand him. You should have man hands, you wuss. That would be her in ten minutes. He's very. He has a lot of uh, charisma. Yeah, he's I'm got something. He's got yeah. something going on. I don't. I don't know what it is. He's <laughs> such a good ghost. Anyway, um, so he. What is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> what, is what are these compliments for? I'm confused. <laughs> now, now, I've reversed it. We're going to make it about her dad. Take it away from me telling the story no. that's going to make me cry. No, okay, so. I reversed have, it very cleverly. He has some mules and some ladies. Yeah, some ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he had, I think at his peak, he had 12. He called his harem. And uh, he would pick which one would, would go into That's the That's the AJ Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> the AJ Challenge. Pope Paul he, Paul he, would, he would pick what, whichever one would do the best job on the farm. I can, By the way, I can confirm this. My friends, I wish they would call right now. Mm. If you're out there, Steve, Mike, Rob, Saram, anybody out there, if you're listening, call in right now. And you can testify to my father with the mules and the harem and... We would go up every week. My friend Mike actually confessed on our last trip this last time. He still is not over. He goes, your dad made me clean mule's balls. <laughs> that was his big confession when he was stoned. <laughs> I'm, I'm not over it. <laughs> I, was like, I didn't make you do it. My, 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 he was the worst one. He was the, he was, my dad made him do stuff like do that. Do mules have big balls? Well, they have balls that they can't lick. Oh. They don't, they're not built for that. So it takes your skill to get in there and loofah. <laughs> Maybe they're supposed to be dirty. <laughs> like, no, I don't know. If they can't get back there. Yeah, evolution didn't provide a, a cleaning machine. Maybe they're not supposed to be cleaned. Maybe, but we did. <laughs> we did. That was my father's like kind of punishment. If you, if you didn't do well on the mule farm, like you got, you got that duty of cleaning the mule balls. <laughs> not a not a good thing. Mm -hmm. Luckily, Mike was usually the guy because he was lousy on the farm. I was trying really hard. He would rate us each week, and he would rate the women. He go, "You're number one, you're number two. and that's how people like that work. Wow. Is that makes you compete. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I competed against my sister. Like I said b before, she handled the fish. I caught blowfish. I was so excited, Daddy. Look, I got a blowfish. Well, clean it, you sis. Uh-oh. <laughs> I caught a blowfish. Caught another one. Well, clean the damn thing. Uh, you know how you had to clean them? Mm. You had to chop their heads off. Uh. You had to reach inside. They only had like a filet, and you had to pull it inside out, and you had to pull out this filet. No way! <laughs> I won't do it today! Let alone as a 13-year-old boy, 12-year-old boy, whatever. But there's my sister. Give me the knife. <laughs> <laughs> like a surgeon uh, yeah and she's and they, they blow up in your hands by the way they don't blow up like an explosion they they turn into big giant beach balls in your hands yeah yeah blowfish yeah it's the coolest thing now that i was kind of okay with but as soon as they went back to you know regular size and they were squirming <laughs> i'm out i'm out <laughs> I can't handle it. I don't like squirmy things in my hands. I'm just not good with that. Yeah. Even with my man hands, with my blisters <laughs> holding on to them.
I'd love to see your dad just catch you file in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> I was private, just like other things. Did your sister know what an emery board was? What's that? Did your sister know what an emery board was? My sister, I stole my sister's emery board, I must confess. Oh. I would steal my mom's, my sister's, em- anything that would make me uh, toughen up the hands. All right, so back to the story. Mm-hmm. You had these blowfish you can't do anything with. Yeah. yeah. Now, now we're jump cutting. I went back to 13 again. I've okay. been at 7. I've been at 5. I've been at, okay, having a high ball with my father at 5. These are all the things I did when, you know what a high ball is? It's booze. It's booze. It's it's like a heavy-duty, like, booze thing. It's like I, all the booze put together. And he would visit, and you go, here you go, son. Here's a high ball. And I go, wow, I'll be a man. Okay, Dad, and I take a sip. <laughs> That's my Kool-Aid. <laughs> wow, where's the sugar? That was the worst taste I've ever had, but yeah. I kept doing it. I'd smoke his pipe with him. Anything to be a man, anything to get something, yeah, some, to- some attention. Yeah. So then 21 comes, and I've now, I'm now evolving. And I went to this thing, this course called Life Spring. Hmm? And Life Spring is one of these courses you go and you learn about life and you learn about love you learn about transformation and transition into a you know an accountable world so i've started to become accountable with life spring which my mom thought was a cult and stopped all male coming to the house <laughs> i go why are you stopping it mom i just told you i love you oh my god what did they do to you right <laughs> <laughs> literally he says I go, but they taught me how to say i love you and i love you mom can't you hear that Oh, my God, I'm going to call them and report them to the police. It's a cult. I love your voice. It's a cult. Oh, my God. Who sent you here? Can you do a conversation between your mom and your dad in those voices? Yeah, I can can do that. Hey, Barbara. Hey, Barbara, I'm coming for your your nincompoop son. What's wrong? What are you teaching that kid? Jesus Christ. I caught him with one of your embry boards. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god he's stealing again because he doesn't have a father because it's because you abandoned the family that's why he's stealing my emery board my god i was thought i was going crazy i'm looking everywhere i want to file my nails and here he is like a prisoner filing out of his room Jesus, well, if you made the room into a place he wanted to be then he wouldn't be taking your stuff. <laughs> that kid's useless as tits on a bowl. Well, he'd be fine if he had a father that supported him and paid the child support payments. <laughs> My God, I'm trying to make ends meet. <laughs> That'd be the conversation. That's awesome. That was amazing. <laughs> was it really? I channeled both of them. I do a very fantastic. good impression of both, by the way. It's really accurate. We should have them call in. I can't wait to, if they ever spoke I can't wait to, to me. I to meet your mom to hear the accuracy. I, I, I of, wish I, uh, Ileana could she, testify yeah. on this yeah. one. It's Ileana? True. It's true. It's dead on. It's dead on, right? Wow. You ever meet my dad? No. No, if you did, you'd be in his cult. <laughs> she loves older men, and you were single at the time. <laughs> so, I hope I get to meet them someday, and they look exactly like you, just with wigs on. Like it looks well, like you. I do you. look like a combination of both of them. Yeah. I do. I definitely do. But and, and, I, and I channel them. Because they're so much a part of me, even though they did their best not to be a part of me. <laughs> they did a very good job of, like, not being involved, you know. Like, I'm really into this Little League thing right now. I'm really upset with the way Jared's being treated, and it's a whole thing I'll get into another episode. But I'm there all the time with my kids, and my, my mom, I couldn't wait till I got out of the house. And my dad, 
you know, obviously that that situation. So he left when I was a, just a toddler. So anyway, you're 21. Yeah, I'm 21. <laughs> oh wow, we're out of time, Sarah. Oh, no, no, we got like a minute. We had like two. Two minutes. Uh, <laughs> 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 we yeah. Do we have two call. minutes for this this big ending here? All right, I'll tell you what happens. I'll go to Life Spray. My God, it's a cult. That wheat sprouts. <laughs> she called it wheat sprouts. That wheat sprouts is a bunch. Oh, my God, I never seen you like this. It's like you're possessed. Mom, I just want love. I'm just trying to tell you I love you. I want Dad to love me, too. He's a creep. He can't tell anyone he loves himself. He's an egomaniac. <laughs> So anyway, by the way, if either one of them are listening, this isn't very good for getting them to love me. <laughs> Probably not. This isn't going to work for getting them to return a phone call. <laughs> My God, I listened to that episode. I'm the worst imitation you do. <laughs> that Ileana, she threw me under the bus. <laughs> I, we're up against the break. I'll, I'll get right. back to this. Right. We'll get back to uh, this. You wasn't better. on the list. You what better. is on the list is we have a fabulous guest coming. I know I say that every week. This guy, I'm really looking forward to uh, having him in. Me too. He wrote. For, yeah, you're looking forward to it because he wrote for Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. Most of the best episodes are written by this Steve Scrovan. He also did a movie that Sarah and I both saw. It was great. Sarah, being the great co-host that she is, quickly went and watched the movie f five years ago. That is right. And, uh, <laughs> about Ralph Nader, and Steve Scrovan was the director of that. Really looking forward to seeing him. He's an old buddy of mine, and I haven't seen him in a very long time. And uh, much, much more. We're going to talk about journaling and confessionals. Uh, that's what's written down here. We won't get to it. But anyway, <laughs> you stay right with us. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network. Radio worth watching. What's up, Toadheads? Hey, make sure you check out the Toad Hop store on ToadHopNetwork.com. It's a great way to support the network and helps continue to bring you quality programming. Quality programming, my ass. Can you see I'm recording you? Oh! To leave your house to shop, to crawl through traffic to the mall, just to find the thing you wanted, isn't even there at all. Amazon.com is the answer. Shop at home and style and ease. Find exactly what you want. Ordering your stuff's free. Books on tape, games galore, everything you're looking for. Kindle, cameras, electronics, baby Einstein, hooked on phonics, Blu-ray, movies, and TV, download, music, MP3, Pixar, Disney, microphones, pet supplies, and doggy bones, World of Warcraft, Nancy Drew, Sims, the Scruffs, Ishtim too. Click Amazon. You'll smile with glee. Sometimes shipping's even free. Hey, Toad Hop listeners, this is Josh. And this is Ross. From the Josh and Ross Radio show. program. It's on live every Tuesday night from 7 to 9 Pacific time. And I, what would you say this show's about, Ross? Well, I think it's, you know, two male perspectives. Very strong male strong perspectives. Strong male yep. perspectives. I come from one point of view, and you come from... The, the complete opposite, opposite. end. Yeah. And somehow we meet in the middle. We also give advice to the callers in a segment we call He Said. He Said. If you didn't listen to it on Tuesday, if you missed it, go back and Watch the show on ToadHubNetwork.com or download the audio from iTunes. And while you're there, subscribe, leave a comment, and rate the show. That is just our way of saying, get into the show, bitches. Hey, but look at Now, just behave a little bit. That's about as behaved as I get. Look, no need to call anyone a bitch. Yeah. With Gamefly, choose from over 6,000 titles. Play as long as you want and send them back when you're done. $8.95 to start, no late fees. Gamefly.com. Games delivered. 
Listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Do you guys, when you talk to somebody, do you have different cadences that you talk in? Yes. Yeah. Like different different people, you call them their name. Like my buddy Stever, I I imitate his father when I talk to him. I go, Stever, Stever. <laughs> yeah. How are you, Stever? I think he's calling me right now. All right. Stever. Chew. Stever. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing great. I was just saying that we have different cadences and different things that we say when we are talking to our old friends. And with you, I always imitate Roger, your dad. I always go, Steve Err. Hello, Steve Err. Yep. And then, yep. and if you, I were your dad, I'd say, Dummy. <laughs> <laughs> what else would you say if you were my dad? You could imitate my dad a little bit. You spent a lot of time with him. 
Eh. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. Oh, he's doing the laugh. Yeah, I forgot to do the laugh. He goes, "Here's the laugh." <laughs> 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 That was his laugh. <laughs> Steve spent a lot of time on the mule business with my dad. <laughs> How about Mike a few weeks ago? I, was, I thought he was kind of serious when he was doing that confession. Remember late at night? He's all wasted. And he goes, your dad, your dad, I still can't get over it. Do you remember what he said, Mike Henrik? Yeah, yeah, I can't remember exactly what it was, but Mike was upset about it. He was upset about having to clean the mule balls. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and that went on to a different subject that we won't cover today. <laughs> really? I don't remember that. I just remember, though, he was all upset about the mule balls. And Steve... It, it, went, right, it went right to Chumley. Oh, that's right. We are talking about Chumley and the cow. Anyway, but that is another story we'll get to another time. <laughs> So, or ne maybe never, probably. Uh, so, anyway, we're talking about my dad, and what I was mentioning on the air is he did tell me he loved me one day, and it had to do with you because you first sent me to LifeSpring. Remember when you sent me to LifeSpring? Yep. Remember you came back, and it, Steve was like a changed guy, and he and his family pinned me in a corner. It was an intervention? It was an intervention. <laughs> I remember it, it in your kitchen. All of them, every one of them. Roger, Marie, his mother. Right? What'd they do? What'd you guys do to me? Yeah, we, we pretty much signed up everybody after that, I think. But we, you just happened to be a victim in the room, you know? So we, <laughs> <laughs> we got a hold of you and sent you. And, and well, then, well, uh, what was your speech? I remember was your speech going up like? there to see your dad, like, one-on-one -on -one before you were getting married. And, I, and I, he, he wrote me in to come up there for some reason and talk to me for, like, five hours about you. Oh, jeez. We don't need to get into this. We're in, the, we're in the happier times, like life spring, when I was sprung from my life. Thanks to the Lawrence family, they pinned me in a corner against the refrigerator. What was their pitch? What was your pitch? Do you remember? I remember what it is. Let me see. My dad remembers. had the ultimate pitch. Yeah, but what was his? Yes, he did. His pitch he, was. Yeah, he used money. Well, he gave me the double or nothing pitch. He said, if there's anything in your life that you could improve yeah, at all. And I said, well, of course. And he goes, well, if you don't get the tools or feel that you improved it, he goes, I'll double the money it costs to go. So not only we go for free, but you'll make an extra three hundred fifty bucks. So no, said, it was it was seven hundred bucks. Yeah, it was seven hundred yeah. bucks. So what I said was, I go, sure, I'll go. Because what my problem was, he goes, could you change anything in my in your life? I go, yeah, sure, money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this guy's basically giving me the double answer. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'll have the answer either way because I'm going to walk out if I don't like the thing. I'm going to tell him that sucked. Give me seven hundred dollars, I'll make money on Roger. <laughs> so I had it down, but I ended up liking it. But what we're talking about was the problem was they said, Can you change anything? I'm, my relationship with my dad. That was one of the things I could change. You that well, first was getting laid. That was first. <laughs> but second was relationship with my dad. So it's we, that's what we're talking about today, Steve. But I, well, I don't think you had any problem in the number one category there. Yes, I did. Remember at Temple I was it was terrible. There was a girl, there was a girl at Temple. Do you remember her? She was literally like the one that they called Mindy. Would you? I didn't need names. I needed nicknames. Now that was one. She was one. But she and she studied sex, and I was her uh, final. Oh, I've heard about her, but with the cucumber, with the cucumber, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyway, no, no. This was one. I'll you know how you have a nickname. Heard that story? You, you know, you, would you shut up? <laughs> would you? 
<laughs> you heard it plenty of times. You were my roommate. You were there. You were the other cucumber. Anyway, so, <laughs> so, so you know how you have a nickname for somebody if they're loose? You call, hey, Goosey for Lucy Goosey or whatever. This one, they weren't even subtle with her nickname. It was whore. What's <laughs> <laughs> this whore? What up, whore? So it's like, it's like, really? So she was like the whore that everyone was with. And I decide, because I was on a really bad roll, I wasn't finding anyone, I'm going to go to whore. She shot me down. Do you remember her, Steve? <laughs> she even shot well, me Well, I down. remember there was a shortage of good-looking women at school. Yeah, that's true. But, <laughs> but she, was, she, was, uh, she was where you went to get back in the game. But she didn't Think about it. Who would send their daughter to live there? Yeah, on the corner of Crack and Home was at Temple University. <laughs> it's supposed to be much nicer now, though, Steve. We don't want to say anything bad about our old school. Oh, yeah, yeah it's, it's much safer now. But, uh, well, well, listen, I was just getting you to confirm. I, you did a great uh, impression. Can you do my mother, too? I, always, I imitated yeah. my mother. Yeah. Just to confirm how good my impression is of my mother, go, let me hear you do my mother. Uh, okay. Okay, go ahead, go. Craig, <laughs> what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Have a good day. I thought he was going to the famous line was we would smoke in my fort and she didn't want to come in. She didn't want to really know that her son was a juvenile delinquent. Mm -hmm. She didn't want to open the door. So we would hear outside, Craig, I smell grass. <laughs> be the famous line. <laughs> I smell grass. You're smoking marijuana in there. <laughs> but she wouldn't come in to confirm it or see that I was having sex. Anyway, so my father, back to that. It's like an hour ago. <laughs> the music really puts me in the mood and puts me back to 21 years old and I had just graduated from Life Spring. I'd hugged everybody I knew, told them I loved them. Who's left but just my father? And I has I had been trying to get through to him through his harem, through his women and he had, he always had one special one and I would talk to her a little more often. Mhm. Mm Say, my dad's never given me a gift. He's never said he, he never gave me a birthday gift. Boy, he gave me a gun once and it took it back. <laughs> got me a car once and then took that back. So those don't count. I never got a gift from my dad. No attention. Never came to a game. Do you think you could say something to him? I thought you were trying to get her to sleep with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you went with it. One night I did. I actually, well, I did have the thought. Well, they were in bed next to me, he and a, one of his uh, hotties. Yeah. And I was in the bed next to him. I'm going, and he left the room. I'm going, I bet you wants me to jump her. This is what was in my head. Yeah, totally wants that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it, but I never did. I never busted mm -hmm. a move. So anyway, I, uh, I said, I said, can you meet up with me, Dad? And it was this. He said, halfway. I'll meet you halfway. So I drove up 309. He drove down 309 because he lived in the mountains. I lived in the city. Whoosh, and we met at a, like a Red Lobster. Mm -hmm. Had a little food. He charged me. <laughs> I'll never forget that. <laughs> I treated him. Went in the parking lot. And I, we had that moment where am I going to shake his hand with the man hands? I went to shake his hand with the normal thing. He went for a hug. What? Yeah. He took both arms and sort of went around, and, and he starts crying. He goes, love you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're not supposed to laugh at that part. <laughs> We're not supposed to laugh. Isn't that the conclusion we're supposed to bring? <laughs> sorry. So we're music and everything. <laughs> 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 
both of us are masking our feelings. I'll call you out on it, too. He did it. And guess what I did? Nothing. I froze. I was a block of wood. He's hugging a block of wood. I'd even go, you too, and I walked away. Wow. My one regret of life. Wow. Yeah. That's is what I did. Is he still alive? Yeah, he is. Where is he at? Wait, you think he returns my phone calls either? <laughs> really? No, nah, he doesn't. No. Well, I mean, once, I'll get a hold of him more than I will my mom. My mom's like three and a half years, no speaky. No my father speaky. once in a while. I got him on speakerphone with my son who did an interview. And that's how you get through. Oh, you, yeah. Yeah, you use the kids. Yeah. <laughs> you got to use the kids. So he did an interview, and I found out more about my father on that day than I ever did my whole life. Hmm. Yeah, I found all about his background and why he turned out the way he did. Yeah. But I will tell you this. <laughs> Being a person who turned out the way I did, I believe, and if there's any message you can, I can get across to anyone, this is just based on a little boy's experience is you can break the chain. You have the ability to break the chain. You can make a choice. And that's a choice that I make, and I'm very proud. I'm not proud of any achievement I have of stand-up comedy, this podcast. We're now <laughs> ranked in the, very, in the top 9,000 uh, on iTunes. But um, <laughs> I'm not, these aren't sources of pride for me. My pr biggest pride is, is preventing this chain of events to continue to just stop it on a dime and take that pause and take that moment and take that breath and go no give your child everything that you longed for give your children that and just be present and aware and in their lives you don't have to do anything spectacular don't have to come up with words that are going to change their lives they're going to see by example that this is a present person and that's what i'm going to say to every parent out there I mean, that's if I'm going to come up with, uh, I usually don't do conclusions like Jerry Springer. <laughs> I always love my final, final thoughts. thoughts. I always love Jerry Springer. These people are fighting like crazy, and then he wraps it up with some, like, sentimental thing. Yeah. Jerry, you're full of shit. You're just getting ratings. <laughs> you know that you're sucking up to the, to the, to the mentally disabled. But uh, <laughs> this is what he's doing. But, no, and my conclusion is I really believe that we should just – Take a moment in your life to not uh, respond the usual way that you're taught because a lot of that is mindless. So if we're more mindful, different results can happen. And that's what I enjoy most about my life is that, like, I just take – as a matter of fact, uh, Steve Scrovans, our guest, guest that's coming up, yeah. he's another guy that's like that you know, in his life. We'll talk to him about that. He's a stand-up comic but, and writer and great at that. But then he does this documentary about Ralph Nader who's one of those guys. He's going, wait a minute, uh, why would we accept these things? And I love courageous people like that. I was thinking out on the way in, like Jeffrey Wigand. Does anyone know who he is? Mm -hmm. The reason I bring this up is no. there was a, a wax museum this morning my son uh, participated in. It was really oh, interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, where he went blackface. No, 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 no. That was, one, that was another kid. And by the way, there were, three, there were three Jackie Robinsons this morning. What happens is they dress as a character they choose Three white Jackie Robinsons. It was very odd. Yeah. Oh, the oddest You're one. You're in the suburbs. The oddest one ever. I have the oddest one ever. I have pictures of That was too. really bad. I should show you pictures. Yeah, it was bad. Sorry. But, but I, you could have moved on, and I did. <laughs> um, but, uh, it was the, the oddest one. So the, the kids are all out in this outdoor courtyard, mm -hmm. and they're lined up. Boom, boom, boom. All lined up. Like loads of them in different costumes playing different parts that they memorized 
It's people that they chose. My son was Davy Crockett, by the way. There are four of them. <laughs> Three Daniel Boons. I don't know why these guys got to be so popular, but some of the girls, of course, picked more clever ones. Like Marilyn Monroe. No, <laughs> that wouldn't be clever. They have the fan below them. Yeah. I'll show you a picture. Sally Ride. Okay. Anybody know who created the Girl Scouts? That was another choice. No. Anybody know? Mm-mm. No. No. Oh, here's a. Uh, oh, you know Chris Harrison. Remember him from mm-hmm. The Bachelor? Yeah. He's the host of The Bachelor. His daughter was Amelia Earhart. That's, nice. That's yes. so predictable. <laughs> <laughs> There's one Helen Keller. That would have been great. Yeah, she had. A, yeah, there was a Helen Keller. Because don't you push a button and they have to talk? <laughs> you know the first female doctor. You know who that was. <laughs> I, I I I learned all about. And they had these speeches down. Oh, here's Miles Standish. Do you know who that is? No, of course we he don't. He had a red beard. Miles didn't Standish he? did. Well, this kid so. didn't. This kid did not commit the oh. character. <laughs> this one was Walt Disney. He he went with a Mickey Mouse on his shoulder oh, that's and the cute. little mustache. See, that's cute. Yeah, the, the kids are really cute. And they're, oh, here's Steve Jobs. That was really cool. Uh-huh. He came with visual aids. Very popular. <laughs> that's <laughs> he came, really cute. He came with the iPad, iPod. He's, he's so everyone's surrounded. <laughs> Look at him. He's surrounded like a rock star. Wow. He's got his little uh, black turtleneck on. So he's giving a speech. There's a blonde Jackie Robinson. You can see there's radio <laughs> worth watching right there. So, um, oh, this girl is, uh, she was an ice skater. Dorothy Hamill, is that what she was? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we had uh, Betsy Ross. Oh, here's uh, one, Paul Revere. But he has Ben Franklin glasses on. So I was very confused. I didn't know the Paul Revere couldn't see. (laughs) He's he's got his night vision goggles on with a tricorder hat. Oh, this was my favorite. This is an Asian girl who chose to be Sitting Bull. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and my wife who grew up in Japan goes, was Sitting Bull a girl? I go, no, it was a chief. A chief girl? I go, no, honey, there are no chief girls in the Indian tribes. There are no chief girls. It was a chief guy. She chose to be that Sitting Bull. She's cute. She's adorable. <laughs> Asian girl who chose to be Sitting Bull. How old are these kids? But the point is. Third grade? These are all third graders. It's a third grade tradition they have here at this wax it. museum. It's, it's it. just it's, it's such a, here's Abe Lincoln. And you learn a lot about the people that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, I learned a lot about Davy Crockett and Daniel Boone. They're not the same guy. I never knew that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're close. Did you know that Davy Crockett idolized Daniel Boone? Really? That's who he wanted to be. Oh. And he was the one with the coonskin cap. Do you know why we get them mixed up? Why? Typical. If you use your mindful self, you will find out. <laughs> Getting back to the mindful. It was Disney. They made a lot of money. Davy, Davy Crockett, right? Yeah. I had one. Right, of yeah. course. Okay. Guess what? Daniel Boone never had a coonskin cap, but they had all the. They had Fess Parker and they had all this going. All this heat. They go, eh, Daniel Boone. They won't know the difference. We'll make another song. So they acted like it was the same guy. They were com- completely different. One's educated, one's not. And Which so one on. was? Edu- the educated one, uh, D- Davy Crocker aspi- aspired to be Daniel Boone because he was educated, no coonskin cap. He would never be seen in one. But <laughs> anyway, I, I was so surprised to hear all this. But it, they, Daniel Boone was a man, was a big man, wasn't even big. They just made this <laughs> up. Yeah, because it made a nice song, and Disney made money with Fess Parker playing Daniel Boone and Davy Crockett, and that's what happened. Huh. I never knew this until this morning. Wow, I got to go. Yeah, see, now you have to be mindful, but what I was, the point I was making is, if you're mindful about things and actually think instead of just responding, I was, we were talking on the break about Memorial Day. Okay, here's a topic no one wants to hear. 
<laughs> Let's get into something nobody uh -oh. wants to talk about. Well, they might not want to talk about it. They might probably don't want to hear it. Okay. I can't go along with just the, what I'm not going to call it mindless, but just going along with everyone going, thank the troops. It's all about the troops. The troops, troops, the troops, troops, support the troops. Yeah. Okay? I can't do that. And listen to the reason before you get angry with me. See, the angry response is the same response that we had to heroes like Jeffrey Wygand. Do you know who he is? No one knows who he is. That's no. a hero to me because he went against the tobacco industry. Oh. He went against the tobacco. He worked for the tobacco industry, and he, he was a whistleblower, a co real courageous guy, risked his life. I mean, they went after his family and him, and they almost killed him, and they discredited this guy all because he wanted to say – they put addictive, uh, they put additives in there and the tobacco because they want you to smoke more and they want to kill you. But it's all about the money. <laughs> it's about the money. I hope there's one for Monsanto. Yeah. I hope there is. I hope yeah. there's a whistleblower because they've already tried. They've had documentaries, but they can't because people are so mindless and we're just like lemmings. We just accept that this company, this corporation is to toxifying our foods. And then you'll hear me say that and go, ah, oh, you damn hippie with your toxifying. Well, same with the soldiers. There's, do you know what? What is this? What are the stats right now, on just the reported rapes that are going on? So I can't just go, oh, you, you're all. I, I praise you all for your courage, which I do. I could never do that. I used to want to do that when I was younger, but I could never do that. So I applaud that, and and, and that's fantastic, and you're courageous. But there's a lot of you that are hiding something, and being mindless when you're doing so. All because we're supposed to go along with support the troops, support the troops, support the troops. Mm -hmm. You could support somebody, but do it mindfully. You can support somebody and really find out who the bad apples are. They don't spoil a whole bunch. Certainly not. Same with the people at the, that work for the tobacco company. Same with the they're just people that are working there. The same with Monsanto, who are creating uh, poisons in our foods. There's people that are working there. They're innocent. But there are some that really know what they're doing there. There are some that are not reporting these officers that are raping women who have also, if we're going to support the troops, they're troops too. So why do we not support them? So you would rather the bumper sticker say, I support Robbie, who happens to be a Marine. Right. A little more specific. More specific, stickers. because I've checked him out. I've vetted him. <laughs> I've vetted Robbie. 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 Yeah. Robbie, the lieutenant. <laughs> yes, the Lieutenant Robbie. I support him because that I know of, he has not had any rapes in his background and so forth. But you see, does anybody see what I'm saying? Yeah. Is we can't just, just do yeah. the the blanket. The blind you know, support. I mean, look how many policemen. Listen, I think that to being a police officer, a first service, you know, for a first responder, I think these are amazing careers to choose and really brave. But if some people are dealing with their fears in a way that's hurting other people, then we have to talk about that. At least open up the discussion and don't get mad at me because I bring it up. Don't get mad at me because, hey, I, I tune your show in for comedy, damn it. Yeah. There was no comedy in that. It probably was in the first hour anyway. We talked about my father, not a lot of comedy in there, but still, we, we threw a couple jokes a in there. But the point is, with my children, this is what the example that I always tell, show them through demonstration and living and not telling. Like, I'm watching the foods that I eat. And I'm happy to say, you know, I'm, uh, look, I'm a what? hypocrite. You ate a Philly cheesesteak. I did. <laughs> foot long Philly cheesesteak. I did. 
He watched it as he ate it. Well, I watched that crap go down (laughs) my my body, and I can only imagine what it's going to do later. (laughs) Ileana's Miss Healthy Eater over here. Just to quote her before before (laughs) the show, she eats something very organic. She goes, hey, I'm happy when my asshole's happy. (laughs) (laughs) That's a quote from Ileana. Yeah. Yeah. Who isn't? Who isn't happy when their asshole's happy? Well, maybe we're not, but nobody's ever expressed it that way. <laughs> I've thought of other She's body parts that are happy. There's Mr. Breath. Happy. There's all sorts of other happy places. <laughs> but I never think I have a happy asshole today. What is, is a happy asshole? I don't know. I think it's when things are... Uh, Move smoothly. Not too moves. smooth. Yeah. But not too smooth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That I want on a bumper sticker, <laughs> along with Robbie the soldier. Smooth but not too smooth. Support the smooth but not too smooth. <laughs> smooth move but not too smooth. Yeah, Steve Scrovan's coming up uh, soon. When you crap your pants. What's that? When it's too smooth, when you crap your pants. Yeah, I'd say so. Mm-hmm. That, would be a, that would be a category su- too smooth. Yeah. Category one. I do, I do uh, consciously eat, though. I just have some times where I go off in another direction. I am now not smoking. Ta-da! Two weeks. Two weeks of not smoking. And I have to tell you, I feel I feel uh, pretty good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel really good. And But more than feeling good about my lungs, because I didn't really smoke that much anyway, so it wasn't like I was gasping going upstairs. I didn't have that bottom. I didn't have the, yeah. you know, I have to stop, you know, smoking out of a trach hole. <laughs> By then, I think it's a little late. You did it before. You did it before. It's too late. You'll end up like me. Oh, God. That's pretty I didn't, I didn't have that happen. Was that pretty good? Yeah. I've been rehearsing. scared my childhood. I remember her. <laughs> you remember her? She There's was, a new one now. Yeah, she came back yeah. and she's like, this may be my last time. Like, she's big. That's the same music. one? Yeah. That's why it freaked me out because she was older. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that was the same yeah. one. Yeah. That doesn't do it for me. That doesn't scare me. But I must tell you, though, that I just feel good not having to worry about being smelly. Yeah. Yeah. But also, here's the thing. Again, back to I'm more present because I'm not thinking I'm going to have a cigarette later. Oh, my God, they're going to smell me now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get busted. And all that stuff. Yeah. And then, oh, my God, they're going to know I'm a smoker, which is like the worst thing you can be these days. Yeah. <laughs> Think of a smoker. Yeah. Murderer is below the smoker these days. Yeah. It's unbelievable how people think about meat smokers. Meat eater is What's below that? smoking. Meat eater? Yeah, that's murdering. I definitely like meat. The animals. Yes. <laughs> my, uh, my neighbor reminds me often that he's a vegan. A vegan. That yes. takes and a little he, bit more gas. Yeah, yeah, I love right. cheese. I love cheese. I do yeah. too. But he's turned me on to the fake cheese and the fake sausage, and I must tell you. I, sh- I shouldn't even call it fake. It's not. It's, it's actually more real than the fake, than <laughs> other, the other stuff, because there's no preservatives and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah. it's raw and It's raw. got no taste either. <laughs> That's not true. I like the sausage. <laughs> I'm into the sausage. So- I make sausage pizzas now yeah. with uh, veggie sausage and veggie cheese. Mm. What are you looking at me that That's way, Ileana? nasty. What are you talking about? You're the one who's Miss Healthy Eater. You yeah. eat so many carrots. I, one day I thought that you, I you look orange. like a stoplight. I know. I know. It happens. <laughs> Actually, paused. Everything turns orange when you eat a lot of oranges. I mean, what are we talking carrots. about? Carrots. Carrots. Yeah, we're talking about carrots. <laughs> her preg- her pregnancy you know is affecting her lunch. bunch. <laughs> but she is a happy asshole. Yeah, so. she does. Is Steve here? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's here? Yeah. yeah. 
Great. Steve Scorvan's coming up. Uh, can't wait to see him. He's a Yale graduate, by the way. Uh, intimidating. He's one of those smart also, people. He's one of those Also, on a quick note, quick uh, note, Lisa Marie Cardillo from Facebook also really loves when you do your parents. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard from Lisa in a while. She's awesome. I'm glad that she's listening. I'm tweet glad you're us. all listening. I hope you're nobody's still here with us. us. Still, but Nobody's tweeting us? No, not, not at the moment. All right. Ha-ha, ha, laugh it off on ha, Twitter. Ha, ha, Let us know you're there. Yell at me. Tell me you love me. I'll take anything at this point. We're coming back more with Laugh It Off with Craig Shoemaker, Sarah Sweet, Joel Geist. Stefan's here. Ileana's here. Ileana, is this your last week? Yeah. Oh, geez. I think so. We don't even have a send-off? No. Maybe we'll hold her on one more week. Please, one more. One more. Coming back with more after this little pause for the cause. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. With Gamefly, choose from over 6,000 titles. Play as long as you want and send them back when you're done. $8.95 to start, no late fees. Gamefly.com. Games delivered. Hey, Toad Hop listeners, this is Freddie Lockhart and Candace Thompson with What's Good, starring Freddie Lockhart and Candace Thompson. And we are a show that knows a little bit about a lot. We talk about hip hop, we talk about other people who can't help themselves, and we talk about all sorts of things music, TV, gossip, you name it, we do it. Be sure to check out our show live every Tuesday, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on the ToadHopNetwork.com. And if you miss it, go back and watch it on ToadHopNetwork.com or download the audio from iTunes. Don't be a jerk. Do it. While you're there, leave a comment and rate the show. It's very important, Candace. They have to leave a comment and rate the show. You know why? Why? Otherwise, we'll be on the bottom. And we like to be on the top, don't we? I know I do. Yeah, girl. What's up, Toadheads? Hey, make sure you check out the Toad Hop store on ToadHopNetwork.com. It's a great way to support the network and helps continue to bring you quality programming. Quality programming, my ass. Can you see I'm recording, you Oh. To leave your house to shop, to crawl through traffic to the mall, just to find the thing you wanted, isn't even there at all. Amazon.com is the answer. Shop at home in style and ease. Find exactly what you want. Ordering your stuff's free. Books on tape. Games galore. Everything you're looking for. Kindle cameras. Electronics. Baby Einstein. Hooked on phonics. Blu-ray. Movies. And TV. Download. Music. MP3. Pixar. Disney. Microphone. Pet supplies and doggy bones. World of Warcraft. Nancy Drew. Sims. The Scruffs. System too. Click Amazon. You'll smile with glee. Sometimes shipping is even free. Because I still have yet to 
the Toad Hop Network Studios. In Hollywood, this, this is the ToadHopNetwork.com. It is strongly addictive. Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching. If you're trying to call us, <laughs> somebody's trying to call us. Now's not the time. If you're going to yell at me about what I said about the troops, <laughs> or whatever you were calling me, maybe they're calling to praise me for what I was saying, or say I love you, or whatever it was. Even if it's my father, I'm not taking that call because we Ouch. have a special guest here, they're calling again. Should I take the yeah, call? Yeah, just do it. Just to tell them to shut up? No. We, have, we beg for calls. I think it's Atlanta. Hi, who's this? Yeah, we beg for calls. I hear Sarah in the background. Yeah, turn, turn it your, down. Turn it down. Who's this? This is Lisa from Atlanta. Lisa from Atlanta. We're, we're on to other topics. Did you have something you want to say real quick? No, I just want to praise Craig Shoemaker because I worship the ground <laughs> this man walks on. <laughs> and hold on, anything hold on. he says about troops is hilarious. Uh, anything he's okay i'm gonna you can stay on the line <laughs> okay i'll welcome you can stay you can just be with our next guest if you're going to talk like that you're gonna okay. that's me i am craig shoemaker that you're saying praise craig shoemaker but about what i said really yeah i mean i'm lisa um smith from atlanta i met you at the punchline yes and i my son is the one that's in the military yeah and 
to me, I mean, I just think you're hilarious, and this is actually my first time getting to watch uh, your show, because usually as a mom, you know, I'm sitting in the car rider right. line at this time. Well, you picked a sensitive show. We've been very sensitive today, but then we did get into the troop thing, and which we, this will be the, I will find the greatest segue ever to introduce our guests. Watch. Gotcha. Speaking of being mindful and uh, <laughs> and uh, not going along with everyone else, we were talking about. But thank you very much for calling, Lisa. I appreciate. It. Keep listening. Thank you keep you. watching and listening. We have great guests right now. Steve Scrovan is here. Steve, it's so great to see a Scro. Shoe and Shoe and Scro. Shoe and Scro from back in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. what, what was your nickname growing up? Scro. Scrotum. Yeah. Didn't people make fun of it? You had to go there. No. <laughs> No, well, actually, that's a nice, that's a nice, nice to meet you, wasn't it? It was. Sarah? Yeah. Did you even meet her yet? <laughs> well, you know, we you know some hands. people say you worry about that, and and uh, people calling you scrotum, and I think I come to realize it's a good asshole detector. <laughs> well, because if you somebody calls one? you scrotum, yeah, you, you just found one. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> just inquisitive. I'm just curious. No, when I was a kid, uh, a good scrotum is a too sophisticated word for little kids to know. By, Seriously? Yeah. And by the time you're old enough to know what it is, you should be mature enough not to call somebody that. <laughs> there is no way I wouldn't have called you that. <laughs> well, I wasn't high school, an asshole, you know, like the first health yeah. class in high school, I think that's where it as first came As soon as you up. see the word scrotum. Yes, yeah, the, you know, the, the, the teacher goes, and the scrotum, and scrotum, that's you! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that must have been one of the worst yeah. days of your life. And then came comedy. <laughs> That's right. Comedy is born usually out of tragedy. Did you have some tragedy in your life that you no. sort of it, it propelled you into? Are you like Seinfeld had a perfect not life? Not at all. Yeah. Well, I'm not like Seinfeld. He's a lot funnier well, and richer. But what I'm trying the, to say is a lot of people say, what do comedians have in common? And I always think to myself, well, a lot of us do have some sort of tragedy. We had to deal with obstacles and so forth. But Seinfeld is an example of someone who didn't, and you as well. Two parents that stayed together the whole deal. Yep, yep, very wow. supportive. You really? know, and, you know. And I went to an Ivy League college yeah. and uh, got out and said, uh, "Mom and Dad, I want to be a comedian." And they said, "Okay." They said, "Okay." They approved yeah. of it. Yeah. My father said, "You're useless as tits on a bull." No. What, what kind of what kind of a what kind of a, a thing is that to get into? <laughs> no, I think my dad kind of uh, lived vicariously through it for a long time because oh. it's probably you know he he he's a depression kid yeah. and uh, really yeah didn't uh, uh, you know get to go to college went to night school for a few years didn't use and toilet made his paper yeah <laughs> yeah but he uh, you know if he had been in my position in my privileged position yeah. then uh, he might have done what I did but uh, no I've been very lucky I I, I born right at the uh, height of the baby boom. Right, kind of in a sweet spot. In the height of the comedy too. In com the comedy yeah, boom, at, at, yeah. the, at the embryonic stages of the comedy mm -hmm. boom, where we got in, where it when took it was off, Seinfeld so. and Richard Lewis and all those people. That's who you started with. Yeah. So I, I, I have no, uh, I have no backstory like that. Whenever your comics talk about that, I, I'm kind of an outlier. I just, where do you mine from then? Yeah. Where do you, how do you mine your material Great. if it's not uh, experiential? I'm not that funny. That's, that's, <laughs> I've been <laughs> fooling people for 33 years. Please. Mining uh, other people's yes. lives. Is this actually going on the air? Well, I, I just admitted that. Well, you did mine Raymond's life, basically. Well, yeah, that's actually, what you had to do. Well, when you wrote for Everybody Loves Raymond, some of the best episodes ever, by the way, were written yeah. by Steve Scrovan, our guest. 
How did you, uh, I mean, did you go delve into his, did you live with him for a few weeks? No, no, no. That that came from, you know, once I got married and started having a family, then that's a big pain in the ass. (laughs) There's the pain. I knew we were going to find the pain. There had to be be somewhere. It was festering for years. But I didn't have the bad mother. I I have a great mother-in-law. You know, my. Okay. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Back back to happy. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry to disappoint y'all. But, you know. Conflict with the raising kids and having a wife, living with another. I liked everything about marriage except the living with the other person. That's the only problem. <laughs> <laughs> that was. I know a couple that they live in houses next door to one another. Isn't that genius? Well, you know, it's right next door to one another. Cause, so that's he can sleep when he wants to sleep, snore when he wants to snore, and then they get, they well, hang the out in one house. Couple lives next door to each other. Yeah, the not couple. the parents. You no, the couple, couple lives yeah. next door to one another. Yes. There's your next sitcom. That is, <laughs> Isn't that genius? It's genius when you think about it. So you don't like to sleep with your wife? That's the thing? Well, no. When you want to, you go over. Yeah. You go over. That's what, I think that's kind of what you're saying. Uh-huh. But you don't have to yeah. live with. And you can have yeah. all your bad habits in the other house. Yes. There's nobody there to go, clean that up. Yes. You know, and then you go over and you have sex, and then they have to clean that up. That wherever, is, wherever, <laughs> wherever that is. Wherever you that choose is that is like a, a, a rich person's uh, yeah. problem. That's right. No, these are not rich. They're, they're not, not rich. No, they're a, they actually they have two small two homes yeah. next to one another, uh-huh. and they share a driveway, uh-huh. and that's it. And then they don't share the bed, and they, they sleep in different uh, quarters. I think it's actually not that bad of an idea. Wow. I, Would I, you do that now? What I do? No. I, Why not? not? Because I will tell you, I've reversed everything. Yeah. I went from pain to I am madly in love. No one wants to hear this. I'm madly yeah. in love with my wife. Yes. I mean madly in love. Every yeah. moment of every day. There's not. I can't do any of those jokes. Yeah. I can't do take my wife. Yeah. <laughs> or I'd be pissed at you. So it's basically killed you <laughs> as a comedian. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can know. I can go other directions. Uh-huh. I have an ex-wife. Oh, okay. There <laughs> Let's you go. go with that. Oh, there that's my I've, I've, gold mine. It's like 1849 yeah. with, like, with a pick and the axe. I've got tons of, of, of gold with that. Yeah. And also my former, my past and all of that. And my wife is not like me. So there's that, con, uh, that yeah. she's right, Sarah. Yeah, she's, she's a hippie green. Yeah, green she's a girl. green and eco. And I'm trying yeah. to adjust to that. Yeah, yeah. But there's no fights about it. Right. And what is your wife like? Uh, married 20-some years, right? Well, we actually met as juniors in college. Oh, so, at Yale? Yes. Yeah, so, oh, so she's smart, too? Yeah, well, she's smarter than I am. I, I, I wanted to marry somebody smarter than me. That was part of my survival. <laughs> um, but but it took her nine years to marry me, which but is... How, really? Yes. So she was the one that said, no, no, wait, she wait. Was, no, it's yeah. because she's smart. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> she's well, being analytic. She's doing analytics on the damn thing. Well, what I finally figured out, it was like nine years, and I realized I, I could have been a doctor in that time. <laughs> and I went through a lot of the same stages. I went through my internship, my residency. She got a dog to see how he treated the dog. She taught me to cook. Yeah. And then uh, I realized I was I was getting my doctorate in domesticity. She was she was training me. And, and when I was ready, it was okay. Nine years, you're done, or at least done enough. Yeah. But here's how smart she is. She's even beyond smart. She's Nostradamus smart. She yeah. knew that you would be writing a sitcom. Well, where you could use what she was training you to do. Yes, right? yes. Well, that's another. Story. She's a genius. She had to get used to that. 
she had to get used to that because that was uh, we would be having an argument and uh, she'd see my eyes kind of go off right. here. Yeah. <laughs> this is not for the show. This is not for the show. How many times has she said that to you? Well, I would say, honey, it's not look, going look, in your act. Look how much they pay show. for an episode. She goes, yeah. okay, this is this for the is show. For the show. <laughs> and then sometimes we'd extend the argument artificially just to get a second act. No. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> oh, wait, you went artificial too? Just to get a second act. You need, you know. So it, you'd have to stop the argument. You go, okay, now we've settled that one. Now let's keep the fake one going. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. That's genius. Yeah, but she caught on, and, and uh, I, I tell the story about my friend Lou Schneider, who is also a writer on the show. This is his mm-hmm. thing, because our, our wives and spouses would get used to the idea that anything bad that would happen could be a show, could be mm-hmm. an episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After you know seven or eight years, the, the spouses got hip to this, and he, he, tells, <laughs> <laughs> he tells a story about being... Uh, in in a um, uh, elevator on a ski trip with his family, and uh, he's got all the ski equipment. And in, in the hotel, and they're going up the elevator. And the elevator door opens. He drops his keys into uh, like the the, oh, no. the slot oh, in, yeah. in the elevator, mm. and he's trying to fish them out. And his wife's trying to hold the door from closing, <laughs> and it's just a big. And he's cursing and swearing. And and, and his wife uh, Liz, who's hip to all the, she's well, maybe you know, maybe you can get a show out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, no, no, we. We already did that show. Uh, Ray lost his ring down a grate, so we already did the show. This is just something shitty that happened. <laughs> Patricia, hold the doors of the elevator. <laughs> the keys went down. Oh, no. Oh, Two no. weeks later. Yeah. That's, uh, oh, that's classic. So that never did make it because he already had never the ring. Did that show. Never did that one. No. How many shows were actually your arguments? How many shows would you say were indeed of Everybody Loves Raymond? How many were actual Steve Scrovan and wife? What's her name? Uh, uh, Shelly. Shelly. Wow. <laughs> That's from back in the 80s. You're, you're still with her? Yeah. <laughs> met in college. We just explained this. Yeah. I know that, but I thought maybe yeah. you had like Would a, you have a stroke? little detour or something. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah but come to think of it, that's the same. Wow. Man, that's a long time. you've seen a lot of each other uh, that's right (laughs) in those years but I mean a lot of changes and things yeah we grew up together but how wow yeah that's why we can't really you know she'll never dump me because she doesn't have time to train somebody else first of all nine years and we're sort of like this tree that's kind of grown up and and rooted itself to each other you know we we learned a lot from each other you know so it's 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 that kind of thing and and how has it evolved uh how i mean in what direction did it because trees just go in all sorts of directions yes. and you can't plan any of it yes mm-hmm. how did this tree uh, evolve what does it look like today as opposed to when it was a stump <laughs> it's a it's a beautiful plum tree that gives fruit. Yeah. Well, you still, it's still giving little, fruit two little pieces still, of fruit still getting that fruit huh? uh, still uh, tasting that fruit <laughs> That's where I'm going. No, okay. no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I was. I sort of was. But uh, no, really. I mean, has it evolved into just a, more of a connection and more of finishing each other's sentences and more? I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, be that romantic and flowery about it. But mm-hmm. I, I can tell you that we do uh, get over arguments easier. We've we developed a method where we're, we'll still be upset with each other. And we, yeah. you know, we had something that happened, you know, a few weeks ago where, you know. Uh, we just didn't talk to each other for about a day, and then, you know, you look at each other and you find ways to uh, apologize or at least acknowledge the other person's. You get out of saying, 
you know what your problem is? <laughs> Because you find early in the relationship, you find out that doesn't work so well. Right. right. You, you know what your problem is, and then you you sort of kind of I don't know. I guess we I've never thought about it's this like before. a science experiment. You, you kind know, of develop you, yeah ways to get back together because you know mm -hmm. who else you're going to get at this point. Really. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what not, I, well, that's, you're right. That is not romantic or flowery. <laughs> no. Well, you he, know why? Uh, who else are you going to get? It's get all, it all boils down not, to that. We're not doing any better than this at this age. <laughs> but that, that's why, you know, when sometimes we'd have an argument and, uh, you know, my wife was like, you know, I bet you wish you were with another woman. I'd say, are, are you kidding me? My problem is a woman. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to solve my problem with another problem. <laughs> so I, I know all of right. all, all of uh, her stuff. She knows all of my stuff. Right. I, I'm, I'm not going to go somewhere and, and learn somebody else's stuff. Yeah. yeah. Who, who it takes a long to? time to do that. Oh, and, yeah. And you don't then know Then you figure what, out too late that the, that the yes. problem will never be solved and it's even worse yes. than any problems you went into it with. Yeah. Yes, we just hung on to it. We were just too lazy to break up. <laughs> <laughs> now, how interested is she in what you do? Did she watch all the shows? Is yeah. she? Does she even know where you are right now? Yes, she, she actually may be listening. No. Yeah. Hi, really? Shelly. Yeah. Shelly. Shelly, <laughs> we're going to get the other stuff. <laughs> we're going to get to Ralph Nader and this take it off of you, Shelly. This it's all for the show. It's for the show. I love this topic. I hope we stay on, Shelly. She can call in. <laughs> Shelly can call in. I like successful marriages. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you, are you successfully married? No. That's why she's <laughs> successfully Have you ever married. married? No. I just turned 28. And uh, I'm in a I'm in a, a three year relationship, but I yeah. uh, it's we're not close to that or even living together. Or anything and like who's that. who's uh, who's putting the brakes on? Uh -huh. I love you, Scro. Oh, I love you. He's doing definitely this, so I don't so. have to. Well, I just told you that you know Shelly was the one who sort of. I have to be I, here I every ready. week. This is fantastic. Be me. I'm <laughs> channeling was, these words into I your mind. I was ready to get married before she was, but of course I'm a guy, so I'm not rushing to it. Mm -hmm. But she was not pressing, and so that's we kind of floated for okay. a moment. I'm not years. pressing it, but he definitely would be the one to put the brakes on anything like that. Okay, he's mm -hmm. a little bit more commitment uh, oh, yeah. phobic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Keep yeah. calling my, my yeah. brother. Do I need yeah. to write your notes? <laughs> no, that, that's okay. <laughs> I'm gonna pass some notes. So, is there is there a fail safe point here, or is there a What's point it? where she's you know? Now let me read her mind. <laughs> she's 28. Let me read her mind. Do you, do you I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna be both of you. She's gonna say, "What's a fail safe?" Am I right? <laughs> well, fail safe uh, is actually probably not that. It's it's a point where you're gonna say <laughs> critical mass. A break. She'll get off back, uh, the pot. Right, right, right. Um, I, I haven't decided yet if I do want to have kids. I'm not sure if that'll mm -hmm. kick in when I'm in my 30s, but uh, I haven't. I know that I'm getting to the point where I should decide if that's something that I want or not. Right. But I, it's not, uh, it's not a make or break if we don't have kids. But right. I definitely do want the uh, living together, possibly getting married, and then. Uh, yeah. See if we have kids. Kind yeah. of a thing. Well, you'll know if you want kids. It, it's, yeah. it won't be an intellectual decision. Right. It'll just kind of you'll, like. You'll know it. Yeah. How many, you'll, kids you'll you, how many kids do you have? I have two. Did, boy and girl? Yes. Uh, my son Sam is 25 and Julia is 20. What? Yeah. My God. We've missed a lot of years. Yeah. <laughs> last yeah. thing I remember was 1983. You were cheering <laughs> me on in my bar league softball game. That's the last memory I have. He's a good athlete. Very good athlete. <laughs> uh, which is rare among comedians. Being an athlete. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a few of us, you know. Uh, I love, he says, us. By the way, he played football for Yale. 
which yeah. is that's, well, that's like Ron very, Robertson very, played uh, minor league baseball. Ron yeah, he Robert did. Minor league baseball. There are a few, but not. there are a few, but uh, most uh, most know most know stats. Well, <laughs> about players you usually can, weren't the person who is you usually a comedian because you were picked last. Yes, right? but here's the difference with me is I was not picked last. I was always athletic, but I was the smallest because I was the last one to hit puberty. Seventeen years old hit puberty. Wow, which is very very late. Yeah, I was five one until that point. Wow, so that's where I learned how to be scrappy, tough, beat. To, you know, yeah. to do my best to beat my way out of anything yeah, yeah. and talk my way out. Right. So I've got now I'm athletic because and now I'm the six two and you know yeah. built like an athlete. But sometimes though, when I golf, like yesterday, yeah. I was taking a lesson and the guy goes, "You're very athletic, but your swing doesn't show it today." Oh. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I go, yeah. I, "I don't know what's going on." I goes, "I'm flexible." He goes, "I know. Anyone else would break their hip with that swing." <laughs> he says to me, "I would break my hip if I wasn't flexible." It's true. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm, I'm a mental patient. That's the thing I need. But that's I think, the part I, where you, yes, were brought up. Being empowered, and that comes from yes. parents, that comes from coaches and so forth. Yes. And there's the insecure guy that I have the most tough time with. Right, right. And that's what I hope that I, we talked about that earlier, I imparted to my children, is you have a place to come, you know, not only for love, but for support, no yeah. matter what. And that's what you gave to your children. Yeah. 25 and 20. Wow. Yeah. So they're out of the house. Uh, not quite. No? No. Well, oh, Julia's in college. Okay. she just got home from her after finishing her sophomore year and Sam is uh, still living with us trying to trying to make his way out. That's, yeah. Yeah. So all oh, right, so you do still have the children. Now were they used in Everybody Loves Raymond as well? Sure. Uh, they were as yeah, really. Oh yeah. Yeah, for episodes and and, and sometimes literally actually uh, in episodes. They were in the episodes? But Julia had a line in one episode a long time with you know when she was about 4 years old and yeah. Sam was in some Halloween <laughs> episode that I wrote and uh uh, they still get little, uh, you know, three dollar checks for that. <laughs> and um, uh, they were proud of Daddy, right? Uh, I guess. Yeah, what do you mean? You guess? I, I they never know. mentioned it. Because my kid, I, my kids. mother, kid, my one kid will say how not proud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not not proud. They haven't said that, so I assume I will assume the other. Now. Yeah. Well, it's not the not proud. It's just, it is a little embarrassing if they if the rumor gets out. You know, remember when you were growing up and it was, you always knew what a parent did. Yeah. You always knew what they did. Yeah. Oh, that's Mr. Singer. He runs the optometry store. Yeah. And they were kind of famous in the neighborhood. Yeah. And they, but there were normal jobs. Yeah. My son has to go through school with everyone going, your dad's the comedian. Does he use this in his skit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Know? So well, they must have that a little bit. Did yeah, they get that well, my daughter, but, my daughter would get, uh, and, well, you know, they reach a certain age, in, especially when they're teenagers, where everything you do is embarrassing to them. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know, mainly yeah. your existence is embarrassing right. to them. <laughs> and uh, I would do some things on purpose, uh, especially around my daughter when she was with her friends, that I was consciously calling on that to embarrass, you know, like, wow. well, for instance, she would be, I remember one time when, uh, she was at some auditorium with her friends, and uh, we showed up, and I had to cross uh, in front of everybody to get to her, and I did a little funny walk. Just <laughs> <laughs> a little funny walk. <laughs> and she rolled her eyes at me. Oh, and and then, but later, she says, Dad, my friends think you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> So, she said that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. my son it would pain, never admit it, to that. It pained her to say it, but <laughs> I think you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Justin's told me that a few times, but mostly it is embarrassed. I pulled up in a white minivan, that a rental white minivan, yeah. with the entire family going, Hi, Justin, time to get in, in front of all the girls in front of the school. Yeah. How do you think that went over? Uh.
No, good. He ran away. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> oh, so I guess I guess you never had. Uh, you, but how were you as a child? Well, you were pretty easy, right? You did. I what, was very easy. Yeah. You did what your parents asked you. Asked you yeah. to do. Your siblings did they also respond to their parenting the way you did? Uh, I have a younger brother, and uh, I, I think so for the m- most part. We, yeah. We were pretty um, well adjusted. My parents were coming from where they came from were actually pretty amazing at uh, they were both second born in their family and they're both kind of the rebels of their family mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and rebels being you know on a low level kind of thing <laughs> uh, you know the, you know they didn't really act out that much but um, and I think they kind of came together uh, f- for a reason and they and and my mom was uh, in her early 30s when she got married and my dad mm-hmm. was actually younger he was 25. And um, I think they kind of uh, knew how they were raised and wanted to do it differently. And oh, we talked about that earlier. That we talked about that earlier is you have that choice. Yeah. Which we're going to segue into this Ralph Nader. If I can find one, <laughs> I think I found my wedge. Yeah. I can, I can get this in there. It's mm. about consciousness and awareness. That's how I saw the movie is this is a man, Ralph Nader. You directed the movie. Yes. Do the people know what movie you're talking about? Well, give it to us. Give us this whole background. It's called An Unreasonable Man. It's Unreasonable. Great. It's really good. It is. Yeah. Sarah saw it as well. Uh-huh. I was blown away by it. He's one of my heroes now. Yeah. You just Never. happened upon it. Yeah. That's great. Same and I didn't know. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't know you were involved. That's even. I didn't better. know Henriette was involved. Yeah. Yeah. I saw her interviewed. You were not. You kept yourself out of it, right? Interviewed uh, mostly. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, I see. She was interviewed because she actually worked with Ralph. Oh. And uh, knew him. And yeah. so she, she was able to give that inter- insight. I was just the, the filmmaker on the outside. She was my access to Ralph. And, oh, really? Yeah. And that's so you well, t- give us the whole history of this. First of all, I just want to tell people if you can find the movie, well, you can it's, Netflix. It's on and Netflix. Uh, every once in a while it gets, it's shown. I think you saw it on Showtime, right? I did. And, and he's a courageous man. And I don't believe that there are many heroes. Uh, that exists today. Yeah. I just saw another movie. I talked about this last week. Buck, that's another hero to yeah. me. If you can see that, watch that movie. It's another one where someone um, just goes against the grain and they, they whatever resonates within them, that's what propels them through life. And they don't just go along with what, uh, you know, I, I thought one of the fascinating uh, aspects of the movie, which we'll get into, we have to take a break, but um, was how uh, Bill Maher and Michael Moore more or less turned on him. Well, yeah, a lot of people did. Yeah. Most people did, yeah. And which was completely antithetical to everything they stood for at one point. And well, they just sort of abandoned those values. It's a difference between thinking strategically and thinking foundationally. Yes. Mm. That and, is true. And, and they, they went they with strategically. This, this strategically, yeah. and it turns out their strategy wasn't that sound anyway. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, do you operate on principle or do you right. operate strategically? And, yeah. And what... Does that say about voting? Do you vote strategically mm. or do you vote your conscience? Right. Very good. And we're going to get that, get to that. Consciousness, mindfulness, we were talking about that with Steve Scrovan. Scro is here visiting us on the Craig Shoemaker Show. Sarah Sweet's here. Joel Geis going to play some music. Joel, who you got? I got uh, Sally Ford and the Sound Outside today playing all our music. I thought he was going to say Sally Field. The fly, the, the yeah. Sally Field nun. and the Flying Nun. <laughs> the flying, that would be a good group, the Flying Nuns with Sally Field. All right, we're going to come back after this little pause for the cause. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. 
What's up, Toadheads? Hey, make sure you check out the Toad Hop store on ToadHopNetwork.com. It's a great way to support the network and helps continue to bring you quality programming. Quality programming, my ass. Can you see I'm recording you? Oh! To leave your house to shop, to crawl through traffic to the mall, just to find the thing you wanted, isn't even there at all. Amazon.com is the answer. Shop at home and style and ease. Find exactly what you want. Ordering your stuff's a breeze. Books on tape, games galore, everything you're looking for. Kindle, cameras, electronics, baby Einstein, hooked on phonics, Blu-ray, movies, and TV, download, music, MP3, Pixar, Disney, microphone, pet supplies, and doggy bones, World of Warcraft, Nancy Drew, Sims, the Scruff, System too. Click Amazon. You'll smile with glee. Sometimes shipping is even free. Hey, Toad Hop listeners, the sports guru. And the butt knocker. From the Sportscast, Wednesdays, 4 to 6, Pacific Standard Time. You got to check us out, man. We do sports like nobody else. Cover NHL, NBA, NCAA, NFL. We cover all sports. We got you got not the fuck out. Bonehead of the week. Check us out on Toad Hop Network, 4 to 6 on Wednesdays. And if you miss it, go back and watch it live. ToadHopNetwork.com or download the audio from iTunes. While you're there, leave a comment and rate the show. Hey, guys, we need it. We're the nickel and dime show of the network. Check us out. A lot of fun. With Gamefly, choose from over 6,000 titles. Play as long as you want and send them back when you're done. $8.95 to start, no late fees. Gamefly.com. Games delivered.
listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. We should we should have the microphones. Maybe we could have a subscription where you can hear the stuff that we say off the air <laughs> for a little extra money. What am I saying? Extra money? Just money. Period. Yeah. <laughs> we made a damn dime with this show. We should though. That's a good idea, but you say some things that you're so grateful were not heard (laughs) (laughs) on breaks. Well, sometimes it's, uh, I'll talk about, I was talking to Steve Scrovan, our guest, about uh, a documentary that I saw. And sometimes in Hollywood, you got to watch what you say because then you're not going to get hired by that person. But I was never hired by him anyway, so the hell with him. But we are talking uh, to Steve Scrovan about uh, a documentary. I really dig documentaries, and I can't understand, you know, I want to do one. I've had one. about laughter healing for quite some time now. And they'll say, well, documentaries don't make money. Right. And this is what I hear often. Right. Just be honest. Did it make any money? It's called Unreasonable, An Unreasonable Man about Ralph Nader. Really great documentary. I was very compelled. It was compelling. It was also moving. It was just it was uh, inspiring. It really inspired me. But did it make any money? Well, uh Usually those are words that don't make money. No. <laughs> Inspiration. No, no I mean, I, I, it's made some money. But Has it? Not anything. Be, well, because we got a distributor, and the distributor bought it. And yeah. obviously they're selling it to Showtime. So they're, uh, but the distributor's still getting recouped. Yeah, I so know. So I yeah. see a tiny sliver of that. Do you? But not anywhere near to make up for what it costs. But that's not why I did yeah, it. Yeah, you don't make them. You don't make documentaries. Well, who paid for money? it to begin with? You? Me. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, good for you. See, that took that. You were an unreasonable man. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, and that's very unreasonable. They say yeah. it's always. It goes back to Shelly, too. OPM. Who what do you tolerated mean? that. Oh. You know. Yeah. She tolerated she, it or well, approved tolerated, it, supported it's it. It's more than she, tolerated. She, she believed in me and believed in it and did. and didn't give me a hard time about that. How did supported it. How did you come up with the idea of doing a movie about Ralph Nader? Was it from talking to Henriette who worked for him or was it. Just somebody. Interesting story. Okay, yeah, and that's what I want to hear. Back in the eighties, no, I want to hear the were, boring story. When we were doing, <laughs> when we were doing stand up, yeah, uh, I, I was based out of New York, and uh, I knew Henriette, uh, Henriette Mantel. We're talking about my co-director and co-writer, and who's an amazing comedian. I yeah, love he's her. got a book. You should. Uh, uh, we had our guests on last week. Yes, great. Two weeks ago. But well, anyway, no, uh, yeah, kidding. No, no kidding, kidding about yeah. not having kids. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the <laughs> Henriette's the mm. one who actually is the author of the book. Seriously. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something I've been thinking about. Well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bring that up again. Fine. He's on you already. Already has a Sarah impression yeah. down. So, it was great. She should be part of the show. Uh, but so, I feel safe. But she with came him out of the box calling me Scrooge. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I really like him. I feel safe with him. That's weird. I know. I can tell. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you do. Sometimes she has all different reactions. It's yeah. really fun to watch the reaction. <laughs> That's when it's radio worth watching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a good thing we're not only, you know, you're on camera now. To see Sarah's reaction to different people. Is that what's that thing pointing at? Me? It's a, a it, that's a camera. Yeah, look, see up there. You're on the screen right there. Right. See, how do I look? That's I always look at my hair. That's my hair. Yeah. Looks <laughs> like yeah. my hair. So uh, Sarah has different reactions to different people. Yeah. You know, the silver fox came in here. Doctor Drew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She couldn't even move. Yeah. She, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But with you, she's very comfortable. I, yeah. I'm going to guess that I, part of it has to do with happily married for that many years, right? Yeah, seems like a good guy, funny. There I you like go. That, like, because I'm inspired by him that he doesn't have a lot of trauma and still could be funny, successful. Yeah, I called like you it. an asshole. Called that'll get asshole. that'll get in with you right away. Yeah. So, 
I mean, sort of. You have to tune that back I in. I just said asshole detector. Asshole detector. detector. Yeah. 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 And it beeped around I me, went but... right with it. <laughs> <laughs> that was asshole. Anyway, so. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, I want to hear the Henry interesting story. and I were story comics about, in New York yes. in the yeah. 80s. And, uh, uh, and she had worked for Ralph as an office manager uh, in the late 70s, early 80s. And uh, I wasn't even that aware. I was aware of Ralph Nader because when you you know you grow up in the sixties and seventies and you you kind of aware of the him. The Corvair and, comes to mind. Yes, the Corvair. The people and, that don't and, know who Ralph Nader is, which is a lot, large part sure. of our audience, I'm sure, he was a consumer activist. He was an activist yeah. for you, the consumer, and he would do things against our government. He's responsible for seatbelts being yeah, seatbelts. Exactly basically. right. Yeah, and that, that that's one in of the many One yes. of many things. Okay, so you were very interested in him and his agenda. And I, I was not. Oh, you were not at all. <laughs> okay, I, I, I wasn't paying that attention. much about <laughs> okay. him. And but Henriette uh, would tell me stories about working with him. And back then, this is before I was a writer, just doing stand-up, I would say to her, you know, that's an interesting mm. uh, subject for a, a show, a sitcom. Uh, you know, a pub- sitcom? Yeah, a public wow. interest office where anybody could come in. And, oh. you know, and, and So flash forward 15 years later. Never I'm, did the sitcom? No, no, no. I hadn't thought of it. I wasn't even a writer then. I was just okay. just kind of a, a random thought. Okay. And um, I uh, get a development deal because it's in the, at the height of the Raymond run. And uh, I pitch an idea to uh, Paramount CBS, and they don't like it. And I don't want to let them know that I don't have another one. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I shut my mouth. And like two weeks later, I run into Henriette. I hadn't seen her in probably a couple of years. And I flashed on our conversations back at Catch a Rising Star. And I said, hey, Hen, have you ever done anything with your Ralph experience? She said, no. And we started talking. She started telling me funny anecdotes. I started taking notes. She started introducing me uh, to people that she knew and telling me about this and that. And uh, I started writing. I wrote an outline for mm-hmm. a sitcom about a consumer advocate's office. Oh, you did? Yes. I just got the outline. I for think it. it's a great idea. Uh, you would think. If I was a network <laughs> head. And, uh, a lot of but characters. The more, yeah, the more I was uh, researched it, the more I was started reading about Ralph just for background. Mm-hmm. And the more I read about Ralph, the more I realized I was amazed at everything it accomplished and intrigued by mm. the fact that everybody was so mad at him now because this is about 2002, 2003 after the 2000 election. Now, just I have to uh, talk about that for a second just to mm-hmm. – I learned this a long time in radio. You can't work with assumptions and yes. we, we have to assume that a lot of people don't understand. Maybe you guys are in the room right now. Mm-hmm. That when there was basically the tie in Florida with the hanging chads and so forth with George mm-hmm. Bush against Al Gore. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. And had to go to the Supreme Court and so on and so forth. If Ralph Nader wasn't in the election, right. which he was, it is the theory is that he took the votes that Al Gore would have had right. because it's more of a progressive nature uh, that they would vote for him. Is this right. not correct? That's what he got. Uh, he got pinned with the spoiler. Yeah, he was the spoiler. Right. And uh, uh, Ross Perot did that years before. And there were spoilers each time. But he was probably the biggest spoiler in history. There was Anderson at one time. There's, uh, you know, they're, they're, they'll throw their hat in the ring and they'll they'll take they'll snag usually progressive votes is what, what they'll get is those the spoiler people. Well, now, not he necessarily was, Ross but Perot. He was, but what's that? Not necessarily Ross Perot. No, he was but, not the progressive people. Yeah. He got the opposite. He yeah. took votes from the first George Bush, right? Probably. Yeah. Although, yeah. although there's, I've talked to certain uh, uh, political scientists about that, and that that yeah. is not as clear cut. Not as clear cut, but it is clear cut. That Ralph Nader, it's not just a theory that he took votes, basically, and it was down to only a few votes in Florida, that those were votes that probably would have gone to Gore. Like 80% of them would have gone, you think? Uh, 
there's no way of knowing that. No way of knowing that. Okay, there's I just no thought it theoretically. Yeah, the, theoretically, yeah, sure. Everybody is spoiling everybody else. Right. And the the idea that yeah. just because you're in a third party that you don't have the rights that you that, for the votes you earned or that your vote belongs either to the Democrats or Republicans and forget about anything else. But sometimes, yeah, I've never liked that train of thought either because it seems like the people that. Like, like you're saying, you got the votes you got, and they got the votes they got, and the people that didn't vote for Gore didn't want Gore. Right, and a lot of people turned out uh, who voted for Ralph wouldn't have voted at all because they didn't yeah. want either yeah, one. Yeah, there's that too. Mm -hmm. is, is so there's, the, the voter apathy would take mm -hmm. place. I mean, Dennis Kucinich would run every year, but one of the reasons he would run, and I'm a big Dennis Kucinich guy, yeah. is he just wanted to get his platform out there. He knew he wasn't going to win. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know if this was the case of, with Ralph Nader. We'll find out from you. But a lot of times, that's what they're saying, is they now have a voice because they're in the election, and now it's going to be expanded out. So then whoever is elected might pick up on some of this agenda and some of this momentum on these particular subjects, like consumer, consumer advocacy, of which Ralph Nader had, and wouldn't even let him. That was another part that was so disturbing in the movie. Yeah, it the wouldn't debate. let him in the debate. Yeah. Mm. It's like, why would you not let him in a debate? Of yeah. course we know why. Yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah. You know, if, if, his, if he was a crazy man. Mm -hmm. They would ignore him, but because his ideas actually would pull people toward him, then he's a danger. Mm -hmm. But getting back to how it came about, yeah. um, I started you know, reading about Ralph and got more intrigued about this and started thinking, looking around and seeing there was no – this is one of the most influential Americans in history. Forget about 20th century. Yeah. And there's been no – his story hasn't been told. Mm -hmm. And here through Henrietta, I have sort of – unique access to him uh, because uh, they still had a relationship and uh, they were still friendly. So I put this sitcom in my back pocket and had never done a documentary before or a movie or anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we sort of uh, went through Ralph's right-hand man. Uh, Did you have to convince Ralph? Uh, yeah, we had to sort of. Uh, it, it didn't take much, but Not we as, had to. Yeah. We had to go through his his. his uh, main associate john richard who's a, who's a great guy and uh uh would tell ralph yeah these guys are okay i mean he already knew henriette was okay and the, the anti-ralph people would say of course he would do it because he has a large ego i mean i thought that came across in the movie that a lot of people think that he has this ego well that was and the thing i wanted him that's the thing that i wanted to because i wasn't coming at it with that any particular agenda you wanted to be neutral I want. Well, I wanted the, to be have the story, the story told least, as is yeah at least from his point of view because mm -hmm. the dominant story was Sure. Ralph Nader is an egomaniac. Mm -hmm. Spoiler. Mm -hmm. So I was going to examine whether that proposition was true. Right. And um, I've come to the conclusion that he was neither of those things mm -hmm. uh, by the by the end of it. But uh, that that was the dominant story, and uh, I wanted to at least tell the story from his point of view because that's what you learn as a storyteller. Any you know anybody point of view is the most important thing mm -hmm. and you can get a totally different feeling for something from a different point of view mm -hmm. and that minority point of view hadn't been told mm -hmm. so it was it was through him and and his uh, people but there we we talked to all these critics as you if you saw the movie some yeah. people screaming at him and a lot of close associates who were uh, estranged because of his move into the political arena and but I, I thought that, I thought that their I thought that their their bitterness was shown, but it didn't show an evolved bitterness. If you know what I'm saying, I I, I thought that they they well, were remaining in almost like a juvenile sense. It was tough. A it juvenile was, perspective on him, as opposed to 
sort of uh, evaluating as an adult would. Well, but in their defense, they, these are people who are uh, fighting for the public and mm -hmm. they're making very little money. And Ralph is this uh, larger-than-life character who mm -hmm. draws a lot of attention because of all he's accomplished. And so when, for instance, he, he started this group, uh, Public Citizen, and he hadn't been associated with it in 20 years. He'd gotten out of it in 1980, and it was running on its own. But Public Citizen lost a lot of money because people still associated him with that. So, you know, that's that's a blow. And so you might, you might want to say, hey, Ralph, <laughs> go easy on it. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they're uh, right. screwing us because of you. What, yeah. what are you doing? And he's he's got a different uh, yeah. strategy going. And a different take on it. Yeah. Yeah, and he was kind of pulled kicking sure. and screaming into electoral politics. People had wanted him to run for president for years, from right. the 70s. He was, uh, McGovern asked him to be his vice president. Isn't, yeah, exactly. Isn't there some other function, though, that he could have within the government? That's what I kept thinking is, is if I were President Obama, I would appoint him. I would appoint him uh, to a very he high would, position. He would never be approved, uh, especially by this Congress. Oh, Jimmy Carter. Oh, that is true. I mean, they, they can't even get, they couldn't get Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Who's probably the closest thing to Ralph you have now. Yes. Uh, they couldn't even get Elizabeth Warren approved uh, right. to be the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the idea that she oh, came up and with. And she's the most qualified ever in history. And, they're not, and they couldn't even get that across. And they're trying not to approve right. the other guy, Cordray, who is... Uh, uh, you know, the same way. It's so. unprecedented what's going on in prop politics. We're here with Steve Scrovan, who did the movie uh, about Ralph Nader called An Unreasonable Man. And I thought that was an interesting title. You came up with that title? I did not, actually. My uh, producer, Kevin O'Donnell, was familiar. Yeah. It's from a, a quote from George Bernard Shaw. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you see it at the beginning of the movie. And mm -hmm. I was not familiar with this quote. But uh, uh, about a quarter of the way through people we were interviewing, it kind of occurred to Kevin, this quote. And the quote is, the reasonable man... Uh, adapts himself to the world. Mm. The unreasonable one insists on adapting the world to himself. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable man. Mm. And that seemed to fit Ralph to a T. And uh, even though it's sort of on the surface negative, unreasonable man, unreasonable mm -hmm. seems bad, this was the positive take on yeah. that. And it kind of captured that ambivalence people have about him. And when uh, I first proposed to Henriette and even Shelley, they both sort of reacted uh, uh, the way you might think. You know, that sounds negative. Mm -hmm. But when I talked to the people who had really worked closely with Ralph, they all said, oh, yeah, that's him. That's him. Not only that, I think the title brings in the enemies. Yeah. Because yes. they almost think, oh, yeah, see, we think he's an unreasonable man, like in a, not in, with a negative yeah. connotation. Yeah. And then there's the thinkers that you already have in your audience that yeah. understand what it's about. It, it really, so you know, it, thanks to Kevin, captured the the ambiguity of, yeah. of his character. Yeah, and and, the and, and, and there is a lot of complexity to it. I, I just I, we talked about that earlier about being unreasonable. I, I believe in being unreasonable as a parent. You know, the, the reasonable way to do it would be the way that everyone taught you in the past. Yeah. Just go right along with it. We talked earlier about uh, soldiers, our, our response to the troops is now we're told to, you know, support the troops, support the troops. And then yeah. we're finding out all of the the rapes that are taking place and yeah. so forth. So being unreasonable, of which I, I pride myself now on being an unreasonable man. Well, it has to do. I respond to my heart. I respond to what's going on when I breathe and I take a pause and go, wait a minute. When you look at the paradigm, you know, that's been set it's not necessarily a good thing. 
to just go along with it. Yeah, Otherwise, your life expectancy is low. You're not as happy. And But if you can break through some of these, this system that we're in. Well, it, 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 has, to do with, it has to do with being uh, skeptical. Yeah. On the one hand, it has to do with being nonconformist. Yeah. Not going along. But I think there's a lot. I was brought up the uh, I thinking. Don't, I don't know how you were brought up, but yeah, with critical thinking. Yeah. yeah. But I was brought up to just go along with all of it. You know, yeah. I well, follow a bumper sticker. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, that's that's the way. We well, you know it's interesting. I was brought up. What this occurs to me, like, uh, I have a daughter who's 20 years old now, and she's uh, she's very pretty. And you know how people do with, with little kids. When she was a little kid, uh, they try to, an adult will make, try to make you parrot something to them. They'll try right. to set you mm-hmm. up for something, and they're expecting some certain answer. <laughs> and Julia would never give that satisfaction. And sometimes, as you know, as another adult, and it's your boss, and you're going, "Come on, Julia, give him the guy what he wants." <laughs> you know, come on. But she wouldn't do that. And and after, you know, upon thinking about that, I thought, you know what? That's good. Yeah. Because especially you know for a woman, uh, you don't want to be yeah. susceptible to people staying you know uh, setting yeah. you up, and you you do what's expected of you. I feel right. terrible. Be now. your, be I your feel own terrible. person. I do it to my youngest kid all the time. Of course, I tried this morning. I go, come on, it's for the show. Do they resist? Repeat back what you just said, and he knew it. Do they resist? He refused. See, the he, thing... With his arms crossed. Well, I go, do the monologue about the monster trucks. <laughs> and then I'll go, what's wrong? He's, no. Because yeah. <laughs> it sounded so funny. I thought, I'll play it on the air. He will never do it when I ask him That's to That's the it. thing about having They're kids, especially when you get older and, and can have some perspective on it and you're not in the midst of the shitstorm, <laughs> is that the things that are such a pain in the ass to you with them growing up are probably the things that are going mm-hmm. to hold them in good stead when they're adults, mm-hmm. whether it's stubbornness, whether yeah. it's, you know, just speak, being themselves, opinionated, opinionated yeah. all of those things are things that you actually want to encourage in, in a, right. in a human being. And we spend a lot of time just cause it'll make our lives easier trying to make kids conform. And, uh, you know, you've got to set well, principles t- and standards. Yeah, it's a right. tough one with good limits. food. Good food's a tough one. Yeah, uh, giving them a good diet. Sure. I mean, that's a really rough one. But I mean, most, how do how do, does one deal with that? Let me put that out there. How would you deal with this? Know. Well, here's what Shelley I've got a lot me. of flour being eaten. Here's what Shelly sugar taught me. She because she read all the books. She yeah. said, uh, "You put the meal in front of them. Right. Okay. It's their body. Yeah. They can choose to eat it. Right. Like my my son was the pickiest eater on earth for most of his childhood. Well, he shared the earth with my other son. Okay, go ahead." And <laughs> okay. they divided up between the two they of them. They divided Earth All, all into, the corn syrup. I am the pickiest on the Western Hemisphere. You're the pickiest on the Eastern Hemisphere. That's right. I'm definitely the pickiest in La Crescentia, and I've got West Lake down. <laughs> That's right. I'm telling you, it is unbelievable how tough but this is. But now, now... And now he eats everything. Yeah. And, and we, you know, we didn't really give him that much of a hard time about it we just set an example what did you do though for him eating so that's the problem the, I that was that by the was way the i was also picky now i eat everything that was the pain and, and sometimes you feel like i'm making a separate meal for this kid and you know some and you are yeah you are is that how you deal with it that's my that's question what we is, did. are we Other, coddling too much when we do that well i i don't know could be Jury's whatever happened up. to you know you finish this or you're not going to watch tv or some threat that's how i was raised and i would and take look, the, how, look how you turned out <laughs> I cheated anyway. I took the lima beans. That's right. And I would stuff them in a in a in a, a napkin. Yeah, you learn to I'd be go, devious. And I go, I need fresh air, and I throw them over across <laughs> to the Futures lawn, 
The Fuchters ended up with a whole field of lima beans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you know who was really upset was a, Mother Fuchter. Mother Fuchter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, was a, she was the most upset. I, one ended up to be my English teacher. But anyway, I had a whole, I would throw everything over there because my mother would see me feeding a dog. Even a dog wouldn't eat lima beans. And she'd say, there, where were your starving children? Did you have that? You didn't use that line. <laughs> With uh, your kids, I think it was still, we stopped that one. Yeah, we didn't have. Yeah, I've uh, tried. It ours were in times. Europe, I guess. Were they still in Europe? No, mine were. Up? My my mom got general. There are starving children across yeah. the sea. Yeah. <laughs> the sea. The across the sea. <laughs> yeah. So I would just write on an envelope across the sea. And I put a stamp on it and put the put the right. lima beans. I go here. Let them eat these across the sea. <laughs> they could be starving with flies around them. They'll eat a fly before they're gonna eat lima beans. They were frozen <laughs> and they're terrible, Mom. I make good lima beans. I cover them in butter. You love butter. <laughs> Pain in the ass. <laughs> I, I think. I think. I think you and Kevin Meany ought to have dueling mothers. <laughs> it sounds together. a little like my mom too. Yeah. Yeah, that's come to think of it's true. I do a, a very accurate uh, barber shoemaker, though. I've, uh, I've got her down. Did you ever meet her back in the 80s? I don't think I, so. I can't remember if you did. No. You, you used to hang out in Philly sometimes doing, yeah. doing my little one-night gigs. Sure, of course. <laughs> Paul Solari did a lot of his gigs. Right, right. Uh, do you do stand-up anymore? Yeah, do you still do it? Uh, not much anymore. Uh, the last real stand-up I did was at my 30th college reunion. I had to put together about a half-hour material. You did? Yeah, that was 2009. What do you, what do you mean you had to? Well, I, I'm, uh, you know, they wanted me to speak, which means they wanted me to make them laugh as entertainment. <laughs> yeah. So that's okay. What I do. <laughs> There's a difference between speak and doing uh, half an hour stand-up. Well, that's a big difference. Well, what am I going to speak about? I'm going to do jokes. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you when you started writing for television? Uh, well, that was another phase of my career. I mm -hmm. mean, it, that's been about 20 years now. Yeah. So I was in my mid-30s. Cool. What yeah. was the first show that you did? Seinfeld. Oh, nice. You wrote a couple episodes of Seinfeld? No, well, what happened was that was a, um, because I knew Larry back in the day. Did from, you? From, yeah, from the improv in New York. I and, never knew him. Uh, yeah. played, played, soft, played softball, right. the improv uh, softball team. And um, so and it had been actually in a sketch show that he had written because he had had a lot of sketches. Uh, he was on Saturday Night Live and... None of them got on the you air. Used to do Scroax. I remember that. That's right. The Scroax. Yes, that and I think sort of similar. It's exactly, and yeah. I think Larry actually saw my show and said, "You know, I've got all this material that was cut at the dress rehearsal of Saturday Night Live. I'm going to put it on stage like Scro did, and uh, see if I'm crazy or not." And he did, and he actually uh, cast me, and uh, uh, actually I replaced Kenny Ober, and they did a first version of it. Then Kenny got remote control and on MTV, and yeah. he couldn't do it, so. I replaced Kenny, and it was John Heyman and Bill Sheft and uh, my friend Kathy Levitan, who was in my group, mm -hmm. you know, he brought in. And we did it at the original Caroline's on 8th Avenue. Mm -hmm. right. And it was called The Bosun's Mate, which was one of the sketches. And he just did all these sketches that uh, he uh, had been cut at dress rehearsal at Saturday Night Live, including the Superman sketch that later did eventually get on Saturday Night Live with Jerry. Right. So <laughs> it came kind of full circle. Yeah. And uh, so we knew each other through that. So when, you know, he was at least familiar with my stand-up and, and being in that little uh, sketch show. And uh, I written a spec Seinfeld, mm -hmm. encouraged by my friend David Fury uh, and his wife Ellen Hampton, who were writers. And they were they had this little group on Tuesday nights that meet at their apartment. And it was a bunch of aspiring writers. None mm -hmm. of us knew what we were doing. A lot of, of uh, Mike Langworthy was in this group. Yeah. 
and uh, we would just meet on Tuesdays. I have one. Meet each other. We meet on Tuesdays. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I mean, uh, any aspiring writer, I tell them do that. Find mm-hmm. a group of people who are doing the same thing you're doing at the same level. Yeah. None of us know, know what we're talking about. We read our stuff out loud. Yeah. It gave us a deadline. It made us productive. Yeah. And I had a sketch that I turned into. I blew up into a Seinfeld spec, and got it to Larry. And um, thinking maybe he might buy the idea. And instead, he called and and offered me a job. Wow. Along with John Heyman, Bob Shaw, and Bill Masters. And uh, we were in that fourth season of Seinfeld together. Sweet. Went on Everybody Loves Raymond, Unreasonable Man, Documentary, Director. Yeah. Did it all, my friend. Awesome. I wanted to tell everyone to go get that movie. Maybe you'll make 50 cents from being on our <laughs> yes. show. Hope, be worth I hope it. so. I appreciate that. I just hope your parking gets paid I, uh, from being on the <laughs> show. It's eight bucks. It's cost you money. <laughs> you, you told me too. Here you go. Here's the validation. Oh, don't oh. give it to him. I want that. I think I've got others. Oh, you do? Thank you, Joel. <laughs> that was Joel Geist. Thank you so much, Joel. Thanks, Joel. Sarah, sweet. Mm-hmm. What a co-host you are. Well, shut up. <laughs> Freaking best. Shut up. Stefan, Ileana, just come one more week. Yeah, one more, Ily. Just do one more because we have to have a big send-off. All one right, month. she just gave us a yes. Yay. Ileana's very preggers, and she's going to leave us, and Stefan's going to come in her place. Steve Scrovan, thank you so much for so being good. here. How can we see an unreasonable man? We can just rent uh, Netflix. Netflix. It's yeah. on Showtime on demand right now, too, isn't it? Because uh, I think I came across demand. it. Could yeah. be on demand. I know they, they run it for a month at a time yeah. sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you get on Amazon, and uh, I would recommend, if you're really into this stuff, it's a two-disc set. And you, it's got all the deleted scenes, and I made really? six featurettes. Oh, my God. Oh, I should have cool. brought you, actually, a copy. I didn't yeah, you should that. have. Um, I love free you know, shit, especially yeah. that. <laughs> I, you know, I'll get you one because it's got, I did six features, including a psychological profile of Ralph. Oh, my God. And, I would love uh, to see I'm that. And where can they get that? They can get that on Quickly. Amazon or, you, you know. You can get uh, all of it with all the featurettes? Yeah, the two disc set. Yeah. Comes with reasonable man. Featurettes and hot pants. You got to get the featurettes. And yeah. Da, 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 Ralph That's Nader. Ralph Nader and the featurettes. I can't. <laughs> Can't wait to see that now. Uh, and you go see Buck, by the way. Very good documentary. I think you'll, I will, I will you'll really enjoy that. That's also on Showtime. Also, HealthyFeetStore.com. Go get your shoes. Put in Laugh It Off 2013. That'll be the old radio Tell Them Craig sent you. That You don't even need to tell them Craig sent you. You get a discount. HealthyFeetStore.com. Make your whole body well by having good feet that are made by orthopedic surgeons, but they don't look like it. These aren't orthos that you make fun of. You're going to cut me off. Go to (laughs) HealthyFeetStore.com. Laugh it off 2013. We'll be laughing it off next week. Come join us then. Listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching.